0: one of them broke right away oh so maybe
1: because it broke
0: that definitely breaking is probably
1: bad it just doesn't connect properly well we are live
0: buddy oh shit we are live so settle in everyone and welcome to twin shadows podcast yes we are alive we are back and recording the
1: podcast is about film filmmaking and filmmakers i think we've only missed one episode one week yeah, because we had a, quite a nice build-up there for a yeah. while. Like We were going real hard for on the long episodes. Yeah, I was really milking it a little bit there on like, well, Tom seems tired this week. Let's make this two episodes, Yeah, especially I, for Jared and Clark because that could have been shortened into two parts. Well, that's
0: that's going to probably eventually be like a four-part series. Like every time we interview them, it's a long series. Yeah. Just because we like talking with them so much. But yeah, we're back for uh, – this is TSP 114. The file name is 115 because I already – was a folder for one fourteen, so I don't know if you already made it. I didn't want to overwrite it. Wait, what episode are we on? One fifteen? I well, I made the folder for one fifteen. There was already a folder for one fourteen, so maybe we have a just a hidden episode in there somewhere. No, we might be on one.
1: Ah, this is TSP episode.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brain drain. Brain I mean, drain. That's the name of the game. And so we're gonna we're gonna crack open this episode with some introductions, buddy. So how, you know how you doing? How you been? It's been. A while. I mean, we've had episodes coming out, but we haven't met to podcast our work in a, in a month. Uh, I think because uh,
1: not a month.
0: I have. We haven't podcasted since I went to the New Beverly, and that was last month on the eighteenth. So it's been well. The podcast probably a month. Yeah. Oh
1: shit! I guess everything then, huh?
0: Yeah. We yeah. edited a little. Well, no, we we did the podcast like two weeks ago. Yeah,
1: or three weeks ago. So it hasn't been that long. You weren't at the New Beverly though. This was. Before that. So if that's been a month.
0: It's been like three weeks, which was actually probably the Friday before I went.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I do work on the podcast. I'm always hearing your voice and you talking about film. So (laughs) for me, there's always a more close connection, I guess, to all the work in that sense. Or at least us meeting and talking about the work. Yeah. But like this episode is about, and I think you and I are both kind of going through... This to, and what we'll get into on the main topic, but this kind of idea of brain drain. And dude, I've just, I don't know, this last week I was pretty out of it and I tried to do work and I couldn't. And then this week, I haven't been working. It's like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. I I did get a lot of work done that like met a couple goals on different various projects. Um, But and and maybe the accomplishment made me fatigue out a little bit more cuz you know across the finish line so like oh finally lay down and rest but you know i've been out of it but things have been going good i we haven't met since the new beverly so i do want you to tell me about that
0: yeah so i went to the new beverly uh to see evil dead superstition and trick or treat evil dead oh that was evil the other dead movie too. i thought it was yeah. evil dead <laughs> yeah. uh uh, Evil like, Dead what did dead. They, they call in yeah. <laughs>
1: super. Sales. I was like what's that
0: yeah so it was a triple feature night and I haven't been to the new Beverly yet um, first time I remember I got new tickets for your birthday to go but I think I got sick or Katie was sick
1: something and happened we, and we didn't make, make it oh yeah
0: and so I was like damn it you know and it was a Veronica Lake night and I really wanted to see that but um, yeah you know We saw Evil Dead too. I will say going to the new Beverly for a film fan like me is, it's like a spiritual awakening. It really did kind of revitalize. Like It's like, oh yeah, this is why we do this. This is why we do what we do. Because when you're sitting, there's a huge difference when you're sitting in an audience of people that are there to like, that really enjoy the movie. Mm. And like every beat is just like, you feel the energy in the room. Yeah. Like when, you know, the camera zooms in and Ash goes, groovy you know it's like every, oh, the yeah, whole audience, everyone's gonna go crazy the audience is just going nuts and everyone's cracking up and it's like man you know that damn there is some energy in going to the movies and i, I you know i, I don't I don't really get that experience in theaters too much these days um
1: i used to get that all the time when i would go yeah but i'll say this to counter what you're saying you don't go to the movies anymore let alone i think probably you don't go to any like premiere or opening weekend That's true. filmings no, anymore, I right? I don't think, I haven't been Especially to... Especially after COVID. It's like... I
0: that. haven't been to an opening night since COVID. For yeah. any movie. Like, I haven't. I don't go... I really don't... Well, we're almost... We almost are always a meeting on Fridays, so I don't go to the movies on Fridays. And let, But actually, I only go to the movies on Fridays. What am I talking about? That's like the only time I do go. But I almost never see the the new showing. Because I've seen quite a few movies this year because I'll go after work. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll go off to work if we're not
1: podcasting. So you're doing what I'm doing now, or what I used to do back in the day before COVID. Yeah. Which on Tuesdays for the discount, I'd just yeah. be like, you know what? Let's finish work early, not stay over. Mm-hmm. And also, the theater stayed open late. They'd have 10 p.m. showings.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just it's just especially for me, it's nice to to kill the traffic. Yeah. Because I can always drive over the mountain, and that's like all that's like a guaranteed two hour, two and a half hour drive. Yeah, but then if I stay until like eight o'clock watching a movie, um, I'll get home at like nine, nine twenty, and it's like that fast.
1: Yeah, it's like it's so crazy. Taking the fifteen, yeah, two ten to the fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what a difference, dude!
0: Yeah, because if I take the two ten regularly, it's like three hour drive home.
1: Yeah, well, like for us, Los Angeles sounds far away, and it is in to an extent because of traffic. But really, from where we live, it's only an hour and a half away without traffic. Without, yeah. Or even less. It's less on where without traffic. Depending on where you're going, too.
0: That's that's fair, too. If you're going deeper, or if you're going, like, south, uh, like downtown, that yeah. area, that's going to probably take you, like,
1: 30 more extra minutes, probably. Yeah, because that's usually where I end up, is downtown or Santa Monica, like, closer to that area. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, LA's so close, and... That's cool that you do that because there's just so much out there. And so when you do that, do you see? And then we'll get back to New Beverly. Sorry for the no, tangent. No, no, no. But do you go and see like more of the indie films, like the Lamille? Is that what it's called? Yeah, La, the the
0: Lamille or whatever. Yeah. No, I, we almost always go to the Look. Like when I, I'll talk a coworker into going or something, or Saul will go with me. And they just play mainstream stuff, or they what play is it? they play. Uh, they're like a middle, a medium. The look is like a medium okay, theater. Cool. Like they'll play, our, they'll play our house movies. They're not going to play like a foreign movie or something like that. Yeah. But and they also run them longer. They'll oh, run nice. those like indie movies longer. Like they are still running.
1: Uh, don't talk to me or whatever. Don't or talk oh, to me. Oh, that's cool because I want to. I did want to see that, but I don't think that's an. Out yeah,
0: here that's anymore. what I love about LA is like those movies run way longer out there. Like yeah. you can re, like you can probably find a movie theater playing a movie that came out two months ago. Oh wow, probably yeah, um, but. Um. Yeah, that's what I'll normally do, and then like that's where I'll watch like that's how I saw Creed three and John Wick four. And <laughs> I'll go see those. Yeah, um, because like I was like, oh, I really wanted to see like kind of get a feel for what like the mainstream is coming out because damn, it's it's I don't know. I think it's pretty rough out there. But then you go and you see Evil Dead two or Superstition at the New Bev, mm-hmm. and it's like I think the whole night was twelve dollars a person. Right, and it's like this is—it's affordable, it's fun. This—the seating is—I thought the seats were fine. Oh, they weren't too bad because no. I kind of hate the seating. But I was also
1: pretty obliterated. Like, well, I hate it because it's the old school seating. Yeah. So if you have someone tall like you and Katie, yeah, I'm sure the people behind you hate you guys. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, there's not a lot of leg space because it's like the old—it's an old theater. Yeah, you know, he didn't really change that feeling. I mean, I'm sure he revamped yeah. it, made it nicer, new carpets and stuff, but. Yeah, because I mean, it's really—it's not
0: like a big screen either. Like, no, the screen—it's—it's it's like a one-screen theater that you would just, you know, go to in the olden days.
1: Yeah, yeah, just kept that I feeling yeah. of, and then seen it on film because the last time I went, I went with my cousins, uh, Sean and his family, mm-hmm. and we saw Indiana Jones. You know, and it Kingdom was of Crystal Skull, <laughs> <laughs> Raiders of <the> Lost Ark, <laughs> and yeah, I forget how many. I only count like two. I saw the new one, huh? Oh but you know we went to go see it and yeah you know and it's i i mean maybe it's just for the novelty of it but it's kind of cool to see where they have the film change on the reel yeah the real change and then it like cuts to a shitty reel it's all like gravy and the audio's terrible the coloring's all off but there's just some there's a, just a certain magic to it, i guess because it is I mean, it played during those times, right? Yeah, like the Evil Dead Two you saw.
0: Yeah, the well, the those prints are like from the time that they were making those prints, and then they've been restored, yeah. or some of them have been like actually restored. Yeah. Um. Or they've made like new prints from the negative. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure how all that works. Uh, like, does someone just have like this? Uh, who owns it, right? Because that was one thing that they were talking about is. People will buy like the rights to the film, Oh. and then they can make copies of the film, and but yeah. they can kind of like suitably distribute that. I don't know; it's really weird. Well, and, I,
1: I think a lot of them come from Tarantino. Yes, a lot of them are his prints. Yeah, um, but which is they, really cool. He just yeah. comes like, "Hey, I want everyone to see the <laughs> Evil Dead too. Here's my print. Like, that's yeah. fucking cool. It's like, yeah. what? This is what he watches at home. That's kind of cool. And
0: right? I, you know, it was, so, it was interesting to talk about how there's like the the quality because. Uh, on the second film, Superstition, there was like a slight hum over the audio track. Yeah. And I actually really liked it. Yeah. Because it really, it kind of like, it was like almost like when you listen to like white noise Mm -hmm. and then it's like layered over the track. So it kind of like helped focus me. Yeah. And it was, and it sounded crappy, obviously, because it wasn't crystal clear, great audio. But I mean, it it totally worked. It totally worked. And I was thinking about it because I was like, damn, you know what? Maybe it's like, it's not so much about like everything being perfect as much as it's like, can you just grab the audience and hold them?
1: Yeah. Uh, And and I think, you know, to go off on another tangent, because it's been so long, so we're going to tangent, I'm sure, on this episode. We haven't talked in a while. But Buckle up. You know, that's probably why, that's probably an issue with all these high fidelity films is because they're so perfect when you do see that blemish it really takes you out. Like if you see how bad CGI looks, it can take you out. Um, if the audio's not perfect, it's going to definitely take you out. And, and I think that's probably one of the negatives to all of these high fidelity cameras that we use now, like even the black magic, I think it can capture some pretty high fidelity and also in the like higher FPS, you know, it just creates that Mm -hmm. uncanny kind of feeling to things. Yeah, our, our our like uncanny valleys. Our old man eyes aren't trained to see. The,
0: what is that? What it really looks like? <laughs> okay.
1: Well, they say people are accustomed to the twenty four frames yeah. per second, and that's why we prefer it. But I don't think that's true. Mm, you're probably right. I mean, if you think about it, we're. I mean, because wouldn't sixty fps be how our eyes see? No,
0: right? I think our eyes see. I don't know what our eyes actually see. Like our like natural fps, I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that would be. <laughs> it's I don't really know cuz I was thinking 60, but that's only 60 frames per second and we see faster than one frame per second, right? Cuz we're reading light.
0: Yeah, I'm gu- I would guess it's probably pretty quick. Um, but it just but feels weird to see that shit. It does. And uh, also too, everything feels uh overproduced in the sense that like
1: Yeah, that's true too.
0: The and I don't know if this is just like a mainstream thing, but like there's like a tone to the colors in uh big movies and like really expensive movies that it's just so ugly. Yeah. Um every like for some weird reason everything just looks really clean. Like you like I, it's like it's like the JJ Abrams effect. Like yeah. nothing actually looks like anyone lived in it. That's true too. Um it, yeah, it's it's very rare to see some like really good set design I think in really expensive movies like cuz I feel like they just unless they're actually on location it's just like man you can tell this is a fake set it's all yeah. they're in a green screen or they're in like one of those rooms that have yeah. like the the LCD screens all around them projecting it and there's just something I don't know it just you know, it takes Go me. watch
1: thief it takes me <laughs> out personally is what I'll say It
0: does and I mean there when there's like nicer alternatives like you can go watch movies like a wounded fawn that has like really nice cinematography Yeah and um everything just looks good and the lighting is dynamic and unique and interesting and it's like oh nice they still make movies like this okay good like, yeah they're still making movies that look really good like you know you like that's what this is where the koreans really knock it out of the park koreans always have like crazy good set design good cinematography good lighting
1: all all around it's you know and here's another tangent <laughs> we're gonna do it all day um because we haven't talked about this film, but I think it's really important. Sound of Freedom. Now, I don't know what's going on with that movie. I'll go on Reddit and just tons of people shitting on it. It feels like there's uh, some sort of vendetta towards that film to um, oppress it in some way. And, you know, people will go for the conservative angle and shit on the movie for that or they'll go for the religious angle and shit on the movie for that. Or Oh, that's the, the kid uh, sex trade movie. Yeah, with Jim Caviezel. Yeah. But you know what I think the real issue is and you know where I think the real attack is coming from? I think it's coming from um, studios and maybe distributors because that film was self-funded. And at the end of the film, the director talked about that. He said... The film just ends. But when you watch it in theaters, then there's this little PSA from Jim Caviezel. It's in black and white. And he's like, child trafficking is terrible. And it's real. And it's happening all over. Blah, blah, blah. Right? And he's like, and if you want to stand against it, one thing you can do is come watch this film and buy tickets for someone you want to come see this film. And you can buy a ticket for a person or a stranger. And do that to help spread the word. Yeah. And the director was against it. Because he's like, oh, that's so disgusting. Like, I don't want to do that fucking shit. He, I don't think he filmed it or anything. It was done after the film. Yeah. But hell, that's one of the most successful films of this year. Just like uh, percentage wise, right? It's like a $10 million movie and it's gross. I don't know, 70, 80, 100 million. Yeah. And, and so I think studios don't want this to happen because it's showing like, because it's produced by Angel Studios, which is a faith-based studio mm-hmm. that's completely crowdfunded. So now you can have these films that can compete, which maybe Sound of Freedom did kind of. I think they were saying maybe hurt like Mission Impossible and some of those other films a little bit. So maybe you can have these movies that can compete that are from the people, by the people. And then, you know, you're, and I think independent films like Film Threats, um, Chris Gore's Attack of the Doc, you know, are like us. We're able to put movies out there. Yeah. And if they're of a decent quality, a wounded fawn, right? If they're up that's way better than what we did. But you know, if it's of a decent quality, it can generate competition.
0: Well, I mean, Kevin Smith kind of showed that like if you have the audience, you can make money by just traveling around and showing the film yeah. as an event. Yeah. And I there's always been those like Christian movies that make a lot of money, like the "God's Not Dead" movies and stuff like that. Yeah, like, they'll just
1: show up out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, it's like, what is this? Who is this? And then it's like, oh, it's a movie about like God, or it's about like it's a very strong Christian movie. And there is definitely an audience for those films. Yeah, and if you get uh, those movies in theaters, they're going to make money, mm-hmm. right? It's just like the um, the Tyler Perry movies. Yeah, like Tyler Perry movies are, are always going to make money. Yeah. Like unless he spends like a hundred, like hundred million making them. Like if Tyler Perry just keeps making, like there's a the reason
1: he's like a super billionaire or whatever. Yeah, he's insanely rich now. Yeah,
0: because I mean he he capitalized on the mark. He's like, oh, no one's making movies with full black casts. I'll but, do
1: that. But look how look how it also felt like those movies were treated. They would just show up, kind of like those Christian movies, make a killing yeah. and disappear. And it didn't feel like there was any support for them. And it kind of felt like they were just put in one theater, kind of off to the side. So I kind of feel like they're. It's the studios. I think it's the big money trying to silence these films like The Sound of Freedom. It's not about the child sex trafficking. They all love it. The Christians love it. The conservatives (laughs) love it. The rich love it. They're all in on it. And they love it. The child sex trafficking or the movie? Sex trafficking. Oh, okay. (laughs) But what they don't like is when people take their money. And I think it's because Sound of Freedom posed a serious threat. You know, it was a legit movie. Like, if it was made by some other studio, it probably would be at least for a while uh, in talks for Oscar nominations.
0: And I, and I talk about this a little bit uh, in some of my notes on the articles we'll be reading later, but there's also a thing too where uh, as soon as anything gets a political leaning, there are just inherently people that are going to latch onto it because of that purpose. But it doesn't happen. Look one. at Barbie. No, but okay. But no, what I'm saying is the film it doesn't have anything to do with the movie. It has to do with what how the film is being talked
1: about. But I heard because you have Barbie had your more kind of these progressive statements kinda oh, it within the movie I mean, Absolutely. Sound of freedom doesn't.
0: Yes, but it there's a narrative like do you know about it's like a right wing funded it's yeah, a right movie. The narrative
1: right? gets created. And then it, yeah. all the
0: left people are like, Fuck that movie, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then it and then the studios are getting what they want. By everyone fighting, but they just have to assign some political bullshit to it. And everyone is so compelled by that shit. Like, there are people that just, you know, went and saw Barbie over and over and over because it's like, it made, you know, like it's such a good, like positive political movie, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, isn't it just a movie? <laughs> like, yeah. Can't we just enjoy it for being a movie? Like, yeah. Um, but like, and then I think that movie kind of got swept up in that. Like, if on Twitter, you, if you see people talk, people would block you for talking about Sound of Freedom but on
1: Twitter. Really? Yes. Dude, you should watch the movie because you'll be like, what? Why? What the Exa- fuck? I know. No, no, no. But this, more than any other movie I've ever seen, it's like, how is all this? But I guess he did. Oh, I think he called him Chicks which is a term they used in an email for Pizzagate to refer to the children as chicks. And that was code for QAnon. Because <laughs> that's the only, because you know how QAnon got attached to it. And I was like, well, "What? Yeah. what's qanon about Well, that's where right.
0: Everyone was saying Jim C- Caville
1: is like, he's a Q-head and yeah, he's doing all this gives a shit about people's personal lives, right? Like, why should that influence? I know, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it, just because you hire someone doesn't mean you support their beliefs. Like... Yeah, a topic we'll get into later. Danny Masterson. Just because yeah. you like the '70s show, just because people worked on that show, doesn't mean you support him. Mm-hmm. Even though I think you technically would if you watch that show, because he'll get residuals, anyways.
0: Well, if the if they get their if the strike goes through right, he'll you know get some good
1: change in, in prison. But yeah, so it's just so weird to see the, the adversity that film's coming up against if you were to watch it. Yeah. Well, so that's why I think there's. That's why I find it so interesting because it it's like there's a lot under beneath that we're not privy to, but a huge story going on about it. To have made it the sensation it is, but also the criticism it's it's garnered for just being like it's just a movie. It's a simple kind of movie. The kind of, it it's what you expect it to be, and it delivers very solid on that.
0: Yeah.
1: And then there's all this news about it, all this buzz about it. Very strange. But you know, one thing I haven't heard a lot of buzz about, wait, were we done with the new Beverly? Yeah, sure. We can wrap it up. Did you want to mention anything more about it?
0: Um, I would say if you have, if you ever come out to LA and you're a film nerd, it's like a Mecca. You kind of have to go and like see a movie there.
1: <laughs> yeah. You feel like it's a Mecca. huh?
0: Yeah. Um, to a, to, in a sense that you're going to watch a movie on film yeah, you're gonna I mean it does everything it can to kind of bring you, bring you into like a, a nostalgic old school vibe the concessions their, are cheap concessions are cheap um they have all the good concessions their popcorn is good they layer the butter if they mm-hmm. and uh they keep their candy in the freezer which is Did like, they yeah because I was they someone was someone was in front of me in the line and they got candy. Oh, another, there's one more thing that I really love about it. I got I got to mention, but they keep the candy freezer. So concessions, great. You know the soda is that a thing good. to keep candy in the freezer
1: and for movies or something? I'm, no, it's just I. Think I never get
0: candy. Me neither, but I got it for Katie and because uh, we were kind of high. So, um, and it's like, oh man, you know that's kind of sweet. Like, yeah, you know that's just a cool thing. Um, but like, what I want to talk about is like they play. You know, you get they play like a Looney Tunes on oh, film. Uh-huh that's attached to the movie. So you'll watch a Looney Tunes cartoon and then you see like the feature presentation. Like it's like that oh, yeah. feature presentation thing. And then they play the audio for the movie in the bathroom.
1: Yeah, that's right. They do. So you don't miss anything. Well, yeah.
0: I remember I, I was like, man, I, I gotta pee like really bad. And I went and peed and I was just listening to uh, like The Evil Dead where yeah. Ash is going like, <laughs> you're like ah, just, it's like, coming out faster. Just, like, th- at first I thought I was just like the drugs like yeah. taking over and I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And then I was like, that's the... I'm like, it doesn't really make sense. Like multiplexes can't really do that because there's like well, 50, multi- movies, 50 <laughs> multi- movies going on at once. yeah But like Moon New Beverly can do that. And it's... You might not think it's a big deal, but it's actually kind of nice, especially when you're
1: watching three movies in a row. And uh, so, if do you if you're a blind person and you're walking by the new Beverly, can you just be like, you know, I got to take a, I got to use the bathroom real quick. Can I go in there? And then you do know, just stay for a free show in <laughs> the shitter. Hey, why not? It's you're like, yeah, man. Oh man, I got smell vision. Th- <laughs> <laughs> but I will. You know, it's so funny you mentioned the bathroom because that made me think of. um when you're going pee, they have the ad- advertisement there for all the other screenings. Yeah. Did you look at that and be like, damn, I want to go to that one and that one and that, it, one, and that one.
0: It definitely gives me like that FOMO, like that fear of missing out. Oh, because yeah, we are. I'm just looking at it. And I'm just like, I would see. If I lived close, I would come here because it's cheap. It's cheap. It's yeah. A $12 ticket. And like they almost always have double features, triple yeah. features. And you only have to pay for the one movie. Yeah. If you go see a double feature, it's you just it's one ticket. Sometimes,
1: I think sometimes they'll have multiple cuz I've seen lines when I come out or maybe they were different events, but I was going to say well, sometimes they'll but those are probably like spe- that was a
0: weekend, so maybe it's Oh, I know they'll have different no, I'm talking about that when they actually have like the matinees and stuff. I don't they, do they? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> cuz they have they have like kitty shows during the day and then they'll have night like night shows and then they'll have sometimes have a midnight movie. Okay, so like they'll have like the eight o'clock movie and then like a midnight. So it's movie. The one
1: ticket for like that section
0: of whatever's right. being on. But offered. like, but like the Evil Dead thing that, or the the Veronica Lake night. Yeah, that was you just had to buy one ticket.
1: Yeah, and it was for the two movies. Yeah, but yeah, I think last time I went, um, I had, well, yeah, no, I think it might have been a time, but but they had like a Top Gun night and then they had like. um all right, It was like an 80s night. It was like Top Gun and all the classics. And then they had like a Akira Kurosawa one. I don't know if it was him or like a Samurai night or a Ronin Knight. Mm-hmm. And I think they might have had one of those films. Like the classic. I don't know what his... I haven't seen all his films. So isn't there one about a Ronin who... Rashomon. Isn't that about... No, that's the lying one, right? Yeah, I was going to say that's the one. Isn't there one where there's like some badass Ronin? I'm sure. From Kurosawa.
0: To be fair, I haven't seen a lot of Kurosawa because like half of them are on the Criterion.
1: Yeah. But he has
0: a lot of movies actually. I think he's got like 40 movies. That many? I think he has a lot.
1: Maybe 30. I saw the last movie he ever made, The Dreams.
0: Yeah, I heard that's really good but it's like really, um, it's like the exactly what you expect like the last movie to be for like a master filmmaker. That. Because it's like a very self-reflective.
1: That's the perfect way to describe it. Yeah, Interesting
0: beautiful yeah and it's kind of like um, I heard like it, it the impact is so much better if you have seen all his other movies oh, because um, you kind of see like the culmination of him as a as a person
1: well when I watched it I didn't even know that was from him oh yeah I just heard it was a good movie and then I went oh, folks, I was like, oh yeah that's that one guy huh <laughs> <laughs> seven samurai guy he did the uh what is that what's the western version
0: uh, magnificent seven
1: he did the Magnific- magnificent seven right
0: yeah, he did the Japanese version. So talking about Kira Kurosawa, Danny Masterson was yeah. imprisoned. Um, I felt like that took a long time. Uh, he was must yeah. have been on tr- – that, yeah, that's the one thing that TV and movies have really fucked with us, our understanding of how things actually work in the world. Law and order specifically, Yeah, because right? it's like, oh, we, the, everything's wrapped up in an episode. But like, in real life, like, you're – it takes, like, months
1: and months, maybe even years yeah. for, like, the court cases to go on. I think this court case, it took months, but to get it into the court and all of that like, preliminary stuff. Yeah, his stuff.
0: lawyers had fought for appeals, and then they had to – do all this stuff, and it's like, man, imagine being the victim, and it's like you're just dragged through this for months, and it's yeah. so, you know, it's it's agonizing for the victim. And I'm glad he got sentenced. I wrote a little yeah. a little quip here. I said, "Good." Too bad he wasn't famous enough to escape with a lesser sentence. <laughs> <laughs> there are because, and I don't mean that like in like. I meant that more as a joke because in the article that we're gonna talk about the uh, from. About Rotten Tomatoes, they quote Brett Ratner.
1: Yeah, and they did. Like, and I was like, wait, isn't that Brett the Ratner, the one who's the rapist?
0: <laughs> rapist? You know, like the sexual of, predator, Brett Ratner?
1: Of the little boys, right?
0: Yeah. And I was, okay, wow. And I was just like, I, I wouldn't quote him. And I was just thinking, like, you know, uh, what? oh, let me finish what I wrote. Maybe that should be a, fo- a focus of our conversation about this topic. I think there are a lot more famous people have gotten away with a lot worse. I mean, how is that new Woody Allen movie doing? Polanski just won an Oscar. I guess they just fuck kids and that's the thing to do. Talking that, about That's why I'm saying sound of freedom. And, how weird. And it's like it's weird because like celebrity celebrities normally really skate, but like lately it's like everyone's like, I want that fucker to burn. Yeah. Which is I think is good because they you shouldn't get away with this shit just because you're a celebrity. You're a celebrity. Um, and honestly, it's like it's interesting too that. Because they're celebrities, like, everyone cares about the court cases. And, you know, uh, Aston Kutcher sent a letter in saying that Danny yeah. Masterson wasn't that bad of a guy. And it's like, dude, he's a fucking scumbag. He's a scumbag. Yeah. You know, just like if...
1: But they're, your, they're if friends. If it was the, like, when you go down <laughs> and they're like, you knew him for all this time. Did you know about this? No, yeah. I did not. And <laughs> yeah. I plead the fifth on everything else. Yeah, When the DEA walks in, they're like, well, Danny... What did Aston really do on Brankton? It's like, well, I got the scoop, you know. But, no. but when I, you know, I'll write the judge a letter. I'll be like, "Look, Your Honor, yes, he is guilty of everything." But he, he, at deep down, somewhere in that narcissism, was a heart that justified
0: every action. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, I think it. I think it's kind of
1: gross um, that it takes so long for these trials to go on. Um, well, innocent until proven guilty, right? Innocent so, til- yes, if you are innocent and trying to be proven guilty, you'd want it to take long.
0: That's, that's true. And I mean, you want justice
1: to be served, but man, yeah, you want to make sure justice is served and I imagine that's got to be long.
0: I'm glad that he, you know, justice was served. Yeah. Um, I think will be, you know, there's, I just, don't, I just don't like the, how, um, how long it took the celebrity of when celebrities go to jail. Like, all that shit. Like, I, that stuff just, like, I'm not, like, the gossipy kind of for that kind
1: of stuff. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, like I the,
1: was on Reddit and just hearing everyone's comments. I was just, like, I don't know. It's just, like, yo you They're, guys... like,
0: burn, rape his ass. And I was, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just, like, I hope the victim's okay. I hope everyone is,
1: you know, safe now and, yeah. that, you know, we can move on. Yeah, and I'll say, too, like, I kind of, because Danny Masterson's relatively... Popular at least in American culture, you know it was at 70 show, he was one of the highlight characters Hyde but and so I kind of thought, and with the, the church behind him, I thought, yeah, maybe he won't get that bad of a sentencing, but 30 years to life, I mean that sounds like like yeah. pretty harsh sentencing, right? like what he should be getting, like almost life in our life in prison, I guess, unless probation would change that or
0: I don't know the I didn't know if I don't know
1: if it said the exact like if there's no chance of parole I don't know if it, that was in the article yeah, but 30 years in prison like it's like this motherfucker I think he well, he got if punished. I remember right it wasn't it wasn't just one yeah it was two it was two so yeah. I mean yeah and, I think
0: they add they just add
1: well he got convicted at two but I think there is a lot more than that yeah but they just add them right yeah they do so it's not like, well, you only get convicted
0: once. They're like, well, you got convicted twice, and the minimum sentence is fifteen years, so thirty years. Yeah, but at least I like how we always talk about like this
1: lawyer shit, like <laughs> like we know anything. Like, what? That, that's our that's <laughs> us. law and order that's TSP. <laughs> we know about law and order, but still, like thirty years in prison—that's pretty much the rest of his life.
0: Oh yeah, I got. I don't got thirty years.
1: Yeah, I hope I don't have 30 years. It's Like, please God,
0: no. <laughs> and if I got a two-year sentence, it'd be a life sentence.
1: You know, like Jesus. Christ. So, so it's good to see that this dude is—he's guilty. This fucker got it. Yeah, he got what was coming to him.
0: Yeah, and, and he's actually—you know—he was actually—he's actually a predator, and and I think a lot of people were getting just lumped into these categories, and it made it kind of like. If you did anything at all, you were just as bad as the worst. And, it, you know, Danny Masterson was one of the worst in that sense where, you know, he wasn't just jerking off on the phone, being gross. Yeah. He wasn't just being gross. He's a
1: predator. He's a yeah. fucking bad person. But, you know, um, look, and look at uh, Dangerous. Cosby. Look at Cosby.
0: Cosby's free. You know? You know? he And how many? He, I don't even know. 30? Was 30? A, it was a high number. It wasn't. Which it, was
1: probably more than that? It's always going to be more than what people come forward, for, or right? something like that, right?
0: And how many just didn't wake back
1: up? And he's fucking. Damn. But I guess he's you know, ghosted justice, right? Because there was a technicality in the preliminaries yeah. that let him get get out. But I, so I guess I can't shit on the courts for that, in a sense. But it's just like that—that that just feels wrong, right? It does. Uh but but at know, least Danny Masterson. 30 to life. Got him. Yeah. That 30 show or that 70 show is going to, you know. Yeah. So, uh oh, buddy. Celebrity won't save you.
0: I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, uh, I got a gun. The sexual pre- being a sexual <laughs> it's predator at all times. isn't my proclivity. You know, maybe if someone pees on me, I'll, you know, can you go to jail for that? Not that I want to get peed on. But yeah, but you'll probably do it in public. It, oh, yeah. And then see. And that's when I'll get in. That's yeah. when I'll get in trouble. I'm like, yeah, and I'll be, I'm the guy that made Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yep, we can tell. <laughs> and they'll be like, well, what, you know, you you uh, time served. <laughs> um, so getting on. Speaking of time served, uh, other things going down,
1: huh?
0: Yeah, um, Rotten Tomatoes. The decomposition of Rotten Tomatoes. This is an article by Lane Brown with reporting by Luke Winky. Um, this was on Variety. No, Vulture, sorry. This is awesome. A, a Thank Vulture you for ar- getting
1: the article in the. This is a process. Vulture article.
0: Um, let me just start off with my opening paragraph here. So the article starts by detailing a single instance of possible bribery uh, to influence the strength and score of a film. In this case, the film Ophelia. It's a female retelling of. Uh, uh, Hamlet. Hamlet. Sorry. I didn't write that down. I just put. It's a female retelling. <laughs> um, I think the bigger issue, and I see this in every aspect of media, life, entertainment, is simply it's the fact that we as a society have developed into an all-or-nothing group. I struggle with this myself, and I hate it. It's a big thing I hate about myself. It's kind of intoxicating. We have learned to we have learned to regain. We need to learn to regain perspective and really be objective. I know this is not easy, but not everything is a zero or a ten. I think we are in a dangerous time, and Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb scores, have really fucked things up. But a big problem is when studios like creators start to get an edge through other means when the system begins to break. I mean, it's already breaking down, but we're going to enter a new form, and I think the Renegades and the DIYs will be the ones to really look out for. These are the guys and women creating films for their audiences and themselves, and hopefully they can sustain that with their, audi- with their groups.
1: Definitely. And I think this furthers the idea that we've kind of been talking about. It's been a bit of a theme right now. Yeah. Is just the studios, distributors. Like, why are, why are we giving so much to these big companies? Because uh, I don't know what my point was. Fuck. I had a point, though. Anyways. You go.
0: Well, <laughs> and so it, later in the article, there's a quote from Paul Schrader that I'll read. The studios didn't invent Rotten Tomatoes and most of them don't like it, says the filmmaker Paul Schrader. Mm-hmm. But the system is broken. Audiences are dumber. Normal people don't go through reviews like they used to. Rotten Tomatoes is something the studios can game, so they do. Yeah. And then I wrote, oh, you want to respond to that?
1: Yeah, in fact, to interject here and then you finish with your statement, yeah. is that, can you tell us, can you tell me in the audience, what is Rotten Tomatoes really being accused for? Or why is this article... You know, know. And why are people saying this?
0: I probably should have started with that. So the article is essentially breaking down the influence and the effect that Rotten Tomatoes has on the release and success of films. And if there's a correlation there and that how studios are with money game the system by either paying reviewers, giving early access to reviewers, sending films to to festivals because they can kind of buy their way in essentially. And this gets... Uh, Early reviewers, higher scores, and that creates buzz and word of mouth because they're like, oh, because Indiana Jones, I think, came out with like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then two days after it was released, it dropped to like 40%.
1: No, that was uh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man, yes. (laughs) That's what, right, Ant-Man. And then to further that and why that happened is that they weren't just gaming the system by entering these festivals and getting that early good buzz of mouth. They were being a little, I don't know, shady in their practices because they'd learned to get critics that they hoped yes would be favorable to the film to then inflate the they, rating. Yes. And that's why the, Quantumania the people like was the, so high. The, the high, it was the highest of all the Ant Mans rated.
0: Yep. And it they it, they, there was correlation that the high score led to it being the highest-grossing Ant-Man movie as well it's for opening weekends. is it. And then after that weekend, everyone saw it, and then it dropped. It had the biggest drop-off of any Marvel movie. Really? Yes. It says it in the article. Um, I didn't read the article. So Paul Always Schrader. Paul Schrader talks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he said Oppenheimer is the greatest film in the last 100 years. Yes. He does write some fantastic films. He's even directed a few good ones. First Reformed is what comes to mind. I hated the card counter or whatever the fuck that movie was called. I mean he is wrong, or at least used the wrong word. Audiences are not dumber. They're superficial. They want the next rush. We are addicted mm-hmm. to conflict, to finding the next best thing. It's like whoever gets there first to spread the words gets some sort of credibility. I have felt it. I love finding that hidden gem because it's untarnished by the masses. So what do you think about that? Do you think audiences are dumber or is it
1: something else? No, you're absolutely right. It's, they're super, what did you say? Superficial. Su- they're, oh, they're superficial? Yeah. Oh no, I, I was thinking uh, super efficient or something. Because I would say, you know, in regards to the Rotten Tomato score, if I'm on the fence about a movie or if I just want to see a movie and it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. the Rotten Tomato score will influence me. Specifically, like for indie movies, mm-hmm. I know um, Karen and I were supposed to see Boogeyman. But then we saw the Rotten Tomato and we're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not liking it. Or I don't even know if it had a Rotten Tomato, but we saw something about it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I got there through Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe it was the trailer that kind of pulled us out. But, you know, there's other movies that I'll see and I'll be like, well, the Rotten Tomatoes look good. or Especially the Rotten Tomatoes on the um, fan side, the audience side. it's like, okay, they like this movie, so that'll encourage me to see it. And, you know, I think that's how it is for a lot of people. Like, well, what am I going to see today? We don't got much time. We don't got much money. Pick one movie. You can see in the theater that's available to you. Yeah. Well, Indiana Jones has a huge... Well, I don't know if it ever started uh, fresh. I think it actually... It started fresh. Did it? Yeah. Well, at least Quantumania... That's in the article. You know, started fresh and then plummeted and i think if people are going to make that choice that opening weekend they're going to make that choice for the the fresh movie right correct and
0: you know you're going to want to try cuz you you're you know you got to be economical with your time and no one wants to sit through a bad movie uh i think something and there, there there's a lot of i say i would suggest going to read the article cuz there's a lot in there about the bunker 15 like and them – Essentially, being like a group of people that review, get paid to review positive movies. Essentially,
1: what and they I were, thought they were uh, they, studio, stupid.
0: yeah. But they would put out movies and then pay people to like positively review their yeah. movies. And like they were saying, up to some reviewers were only getting no, no, paid, no like, they didn't
1: pay them. I thought it says that they, they were paid them, but they were selecting the people that gave positive reviews, oh, and then okay. they were like, well, you know, if you're going to give it a negative review, maybe don't put it on that website. If you could just put it on your blog. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and that's it, what they were saying. And yeah. it's like, that way it wouldn't be counted by Rotten Tomato because oh. Rotten Tomato is going to read that. Right. Because of it, it's, it's aggravating. You know, like from an editorial of some sort. The enthusiasm of the
0: positive or negative doesn't reflect the fresh score. Yeah. And the yeah.
1: critic still says their honest opinion. And then, of course, if you're picking someone who always loves a specific type of film, well, hey, maybe they'll really like this film. Rate it how you want, of course. Yeah. Just if it's bad, you know. Because we really like this film and we real believe in it. And Do you think that's part of the success of the Red Letter Media
0: guys? Because they're kind of they're they real movie. The they're real movie critics. Absolutely. Um and uh they you kind of start to like learn their tastes. Like you know, like you like a J movie or you know if you like a Mike movie. Let it put it
1: let us put it this way. The rich are never at the tip of the spear. It's always the poor motherfuckers who can't afford shit. <laughs> And you know what? Tarantino's saying there's no critic that he knows of that people listen to. But I tell you, Red Letter Media, those are critics that people really respect and listen to who know of them, right? Like in our little world. Because they've changed my opinions on movies. They changed my opinion, I think, on uh, cobwebs. Because I was hearing Mike and his opinion of the film. So I was like, well, is this movie shit and they don't know anything or is it actually pretty damn good? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, depending on their recommendation, I'll go see a movie. And like if it's a movie I haven't seen but they talk about it in a very interesting way, I'll go watch that movie to see their perspective on it. Yeah. And so I would say, you know, there's a lot of people who rely on like YouTube creators as the critics. Mm -hmm. And And... And respect their opinion. And then you kind of see where it's like, oh, I bet Bunker 15 likes you a lot. Like that one guy on YouTube. I just want to talk shit about him because it's funny. Which guy on YouTube? He always has the comic book figures behind him. Oh, Chris Stuckman? See how you immediately... Yes. Yeah. Chris Stuckman. Because I did like his opinion a lot, but now... Well, he's
0: completely changed now that he's a, a filmmaker. Because he's a filmmaker, he has to... Be more careful
1: about how he reviews movies, which, okay. which is scary, right? Because we've talked about doing that ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. know what, buddy? Let's not be negative. And then it was like, well, fuck that. You know yeah. what, buddy? Let's just focus on movies we really like. Yeah. And then it's like, well, that's cool, but also let's
0: shit on someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because I mean, it's all—it's as fun sometimes to hate a movie. I mean, if yeah. we—the thing is, sometimes it's fun to watch a bird. I think you—you've uh, earned the right to shit on a movie if you've sat through it. If you given that's true, you gave
1: them your life.
0: Yes. If you gave that movie your fucking life, you earn the right to be able to shit on it. And the thing is too is you can't we almost never just shit on a movie. We will try to explain why we don't like something. It's never just like fuck that movie, it's stupid. It's like this is why it's fucking stupid. Because it's in silver indulgent. It's bad. It doesn't make sense. The continuity is all over the place for no reason. Like, why is the editing like that? Why is John Wick so fucking stupid?
1: Sorry. Like, honestly, (laughs) you're treating your audience like they're dumb. Yeah. And we, I think that's horrible. So, and that's why it's nice to see some of those critics, though, like that. So, you know, I would say Tarantino, he needs to listen to this podcast. Yes. Tarantino,
0: come on our show. Um, So, I have some, I have. Two more pages to talk about on this article. And there's questions for you that I wrote. Oh, shit. So the article contains quotes from filmmakers about the scourge of the aggravators because of its power over the masses. As I mentioned, we are above. We are in a collapse. We need this forest fire to burn down everything so we can grow something healthier. The forest is full of poison and death. When you see it from the sky, it looks green and luscious. But ground level is nothing but sludge and famine. What are your personal experiences with reviews and critics? (laughs) What do you mean by personal? Like, um, like, this kind of actually was answered with Red Letter Media. But okay. do you read reviews? Do you read user reviews on IMDb? Yes, do you I do. actually read the critic? Because are, are you just a score looker? Do you sometimes just look at scores or do you try to always read a few reviews? A lot of
1: times I look at scores, but when it's a movie I care about and I try to watch movies I care about unless I'm like in front of the TV at home on Netflix and like, oh, look, whatever this random thing is. So if I do, yeah, I'll read reviews. I read a lot of reviews. In fact, I don't really do it necessarily to learn about a... Or to find out about the movie I learned to see like what the market is, what they're how all of this is working. You know, I'm kind of researching that too. And and then sometimes I'll find some people who I believe are giving well, let's just say reviews that I can respect. Wait. Oh, that sounds bad too. (laughs) Anyways, it's true. Yeah. And you know, this brings To bring it back to that Bunker 15 and then also get onto another subject, which I don't know if you know much about, is that—because I was looking to do film reviews, and I did one for our Patreon. Yeah, I read it. It's pretty good, actually. You guys should read it. Yeah. Well, it was fun. It was just this fun, stupid thing. But also, I was trying to submit it and get it out there to different editorials, is that what you would call them? Sure. Okay. To I don't really
0: know websites and stuff nowadays. And like,
1: I I don't know either. I don't know is correct it just language. Your, is it,
0: are you just posting to a blog? I don't even know. Or but you that, know,
1: but like actual websites where they're known for reviewing movies and being about film. You know, and they'll always have like a review section. Yeah. Um, depending on how focused they are on that. And I came across within that time just finding movies and I know people who have done it were and well, basically you pay to get your movie reviewed faster. So if you pay this fee, they will review your movie. And I think bunker 15 was kind of attached to that because they were paying to have the movie reviewed by certain um, critics Yeah, and- who had biases that they wanted to pay for this. And then also just the fact if you're in you know, If I pay for, because Film Threat does this, if I pay for Film Threat to see my movie, how does that change maybe the way they're going to review my movie? Right, because then your next movie, they're going to be like, well, that's, you know, it's easier to keep a customer than to get a new customer. Yeah, well, not just that, but do you feel, (laughs) you know, if someone pays you money, do you feel incentivized to... Oh, yeah, it's real gross. Right, because look at our advertisement, right, with... Um liquid IV? Yeah. You know, we were looking at different ads and I was like, no, let's not pick this. This is turning into an ad. And and then we saw who else wanted to sponsor us. So it was a bunch. And it was like, okay, well, let's at least look at liquid IV. So you know, I researched about the company and it was like, okay, well, you're dancing with the devil, you're making the deal with the devil. How much do you I mean, want to suck his cock? You know what do yeah. you want to do to him? He's going to reward you well. Are you but, sucking you know, just the tip, or are you yeah. deep throating the devil's dick? You know. So, and then reading, it, I was like, okay, this seems like it's a real product that offers what it's marketing, and it's doing some trying to do some good too with hydrating people. <laughs> like they give their hydration packets all over. So. So, you know, you feel incentivized to talk good about them and you want to work with them well. And, you know, like, then there becomes this bias, like, well, because you're trying to give me money, do I have to, you know, talk good about you? Like our bosses, right? Like, you don't say shit to the boss. You're like, Mm -hmm. yes, okay, if that's what you want, sir. Yeah. And so with these film reviews, do you feel like that's, could that lead to that kind of, uh, you know, what what did Dennis say in the when he was on the boat with the women?
0: Oh, uh, the Dennis situation? Oh, fuck. What was it? Our Dennis system. He's like,
1: we're going to be at a boat in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I can't remember. And no one exactly. will know where we're at. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. It's just the implication or something. Yes, <laughs> yes the
0: implication.
1: <laughs> you know? So I think
0: it's gross. Well, how do you feel about... And predatory. And it's kind of... Uh Well, a, let,
1: let me ask you, yeah. hold on, how, in three parts. How do you, do you feel it does that, it, it, you know, incentivizes someone to have a, or it kind of, it creates a natural bias? One, and then how do you feel about review sites that are movie sites that use the pay to review policy and then how do you think that affects the market or something i forgot kind of what the third one
0: was so part one yes it affects bias anytime money exchanges hands it affects bias um, these reporting agencies like and, and i and i know why film threat does this is cuz they're poor
1: um, yeah to make money right yeah. to keep running
0: yeah so they're doing i mean that's like a it's a good source of revenue but the second part of the question i don't like it um mm-hmm. i to me it, it it removes an aspect of it uh, you, the critic should be getting paid by the production, the writing of the critic, the, the critique of the product, right? You shouldn't be getting paid to critique a product by the product maker. That just don't
1: sound, that sounds fishy, right? <laughs> right. That's just already like, oh. It's like,
0: okay, and take, take the art and the movie out of it. I make vacuums. Hey, buddy, I'm going to pay you $1,000 and yeah. give you a brand new vacuum. Mm, I need one. I got carpets. (laughs) So you can write a review because you're the top vacuum reviewer on the internet. I
1: am, yeah.
0: But you know, I have high standards. I
1: I never compromise myself. How (laughs) could I do that?
0: And I know you have to legally announce that it was paid sponsorship. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if that's the same thing for what Film
1: Threat does. I don't know if it's a sponsorship to... No, you just pay for them to order you higher in the queue. That's it. It's so, just like, hey, there. We get so many movies because you said what? There's like two thousand movies that come out a day, a bro. year, right? Well, so according that's like, to
0: that, I'm in that low budget filmmakers
1: uh, Facebook. Yeah, it's like two thousand a minute. <laughs> there's two thousand movies coming yeah. out a minute. You're here for all of cinema. It's making I always. Like, you will watch every single movie you possibly can in a year. Well, you know, what if you give me some money and uh, we'll put you at to the top of the queue no, there's no bias being done there, of course, right? Right? It's def- But it certainly at least puts them at the top of the queue and it's like, okay, let's see this movie first. I feel like it- Because when Dickhead comes out, it inherently influences the, because you
0: are supporting them. And yeah. there's probably, even if, they're, they're, even if you don't care, it's just a probably a good feeling to know that someone paid to get you to watch their movie. And it's like, Kind of like almost like a weird OnlyFans kind of thing to a degree where you're like you're paying for the, like essentially to get their eyeballs on your thing. Yeah. And it's very, it's very weird. It's like dick rating. I don't know. But, um, and what was the third part of your question? How does this wait, affect when, the mass? What do you mean
1: like dick rating? They're not honest? No, I think, oh, <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> you mean, you mean they did it. They met a, a little bit, right? <laughs> I mean, there's probably some truth in there. There's truth in there.
0: Uh, there's some. It's probably not entirely copy pasted. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you mean they didn't mean it? It probably wasn't written by me. <laughs> <laughs> they could have just stopped touching themselves after they saw it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, buddy.
1: Maybe. Huh. But yeah, nothing fishy
0: going on with Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Uh, so another quote from the article and then I have just a, a two quick little paragraphs and then I'll be I'll wrap up my talk on this. And it's here's how when a studio is prepping to release a new title, it will screen the film for critics in advance. If a film publicist's job to organize these screenings and invite the writers they think wait, it's it is a film's publicist's job to organize these screenings and invite the writers they think will respond most positively. So something we've already talked about. Then the publicist will set the movie's review embargo in part so that its initial tomato meter score is as high as possible at the earliest moment when it can have maximal benefits for word of mouth and early ticket sales. This statement above is so gross to me, but at the same time, I completely understand why this is done. The amount of money poured into films is outrageous, and this has created situations where investors and studios have to make the risks mitigated. This is something we go on and on about as well. Movies just cost way too fucking much to make. We need to decrease the cost and manage the expectations back to reality. These bloated messes of films don't work. And the ones that do just make it worse for everyone. Speak with your wallets and stop
1: going to see these
0: films. What do you think, buddy?
1: Wow. Yeah. So you think this is all just one of those dark times for cinema? We've gotten too greedy.
0: Yeah, I mean, every movie costs over a hundred million to make. Every movie has marketing budgets are double the fucking budget sometimes now.
1: Like, how, it, when it, you but, have to but, make five hundred million to just break even. Okay, but then look at Barbie. How much did that cost to make? It wasn't a hundred million. It was probably pretty expensive. Was it a hundred million? I can look. Let's it Let's look at how much the Barbie Barbie cost. Why don't you give me a guess, there, buddy? I would say Barbie cost around fifty million. I'm going to say it was $100 And that movie has grossed
0: a billion. The Barbie budget was $145 million. I take it back. And so I think the rule of thumb was always just a double for marketing. So around $300 million for Barbie. And yes, it made its billion. But what I'm saying is the Barbie is and the Oppenheimers are the examples of why this is wrong because studios see this and we talked about this last time. They see this and they're like, Oh, now we need to make a tickle me Elmo movie. We need to make uh whatever the fucking next right? And then we and then they spend a hundred million dollars making this and it crashes and it flops. And then they're like, well I guess we're not making any more underwaters. Yeah. And I was like, I want more underwaters. But also what if they just <laughs> see it too like But underwater was pretty expensive, I believe, to make.
1: But what if they see it too like this and this is the more positive aspect is like, hey, Oppenheimer and Barbie still made a billion. Hey, you know, to, regardless of how you feel about Avatar, it still made a billion and that's its own unique little thing. Um, or the Joker made a billion. What if they catch on like, oh, you know what? What if we just make the next Marvel film, for example, or Star Wars film? The greatest film ever. And everyone's going to like it. And they're <laughs> going to feel all that nostalgia. I would love you that. You know? And then they're saying like, yeah, let's invest $100 million in this like Rashomon 2.
0: Well, uh, well, I don't know. But my, I mean, could you point, imagine that, that uh, utopia? I think the point I'm trying to make is a movie. A, a, let's just say this. You're given $100 million. You're a studio producer. Are you going to make one hundred million dollar movie? Or are you going to try to make fifty two million dollar movies? Fuck that! I'm making one one hundred million dollar movie. <laughs> what you talking about, dude? Because I'm in the I would make fifty two million dollar movie camp because one you might have you in those fifty movies you're probably going to make your budget
1: back maybe. Buddy, let me tell you this: I'm going to need it. a very but, outside the box assistant at some <laughs> point. After my one hundred million dollar movie skyrock is <laughs> Indiana Jones six, buddy. I got you. Okay, okay, he's gonna fight zombies. Well, they
0: set it up at the very end that he could come back. That's right.
1: Indy's now the zombie. Oh, okay. actually, eh? I, you you sold my, you bought you sold my ticket. Harrison Ford's gonna cost ninety nine million, but that's all we need. And to go into what you said about. Um,
0: Film riot and stuff like that, and, and other critics. I, I wanted to ask you how much of this just speaks to culture or surrounding critics getting perks for being so positive? All of this rotten tomato bullshit feeds into itself. If a critic is getting to see a movie for free early, and then if they get to know, and as they get to know people in the business, they just keep getting those perks over and over. Is oh, that, yeah. Is this, is that just a self perpetuating, self perpetuating?
1: bullshit like is this dangerous is this oh absolutely Absolutely. because imagine when you befriend someone and then they come out with work and if you think it's shit we don't say it no well no we don't You're, you're gonna be clever about it you're gonna say it in your the best way you can and be as honest and true while still not being like fuck them they fucking suck stay home bitch you know yeah because I know. I, I mean, I think that's even more, that, that creates a bias even more than the money does. And also, that's probably why as you get more successful, you just become more and more out of touch. Yeah. Because
0: everyone around you is like, you're so great. Everything you do is so good. You know, and it's and, like, and it's going
1: to have an influence on you. You're like, yes, yes, you're my buddy. Don't worry. I saw your movie. <laughs> it sucked, but uh, it had good music. I really like some of the best music. Some good cinematography. Yeah. Some great cinematography. But one thing, all of our
0: friends, you guys needed to edit better. (laughs) Yeah. You got to trim these, like I said, you got to trim these fucking indie films as tight as you can because you feel it. The seams crack real easy on the the budget. Speaking of seams cracking, uh, Julian Sands, buddy, he died in our backyard.
1: You know… San Bernardino I, Mountains. Yes, he died, uh, he died uh, on Mount Baldy. And I had heard Julian Sands uh, about him passing away. And then for some random reason, I think I saw him in a film. I was like, oh, Julian Sands, how's he doing? And I was like, oh, no, he's <laughs> dead. Because yeah. I guess pretty recently, maybe like a month or so ago, his body was finally located because he went missing on Mount Baldy. Yeah. Because I guess he was an avid hiker. That was, yeah. there one was a of storm.
0: It his... was like a freak storm.
1: Really? Is that what happened? Yes. There, he went out hiking and then a freak
0: storm came in. It was like earlier Damn. this year. Like, remember when we got like crazy rain? No. Uh, earlier in the year and it was like just raining like nonstop after that? Mm-hmm. He got caught out in that shit. Oh, shit. At the top of the mountain.
1: Alone. Melbourne. Alone. Yeah. Um, and so, probably succumb to the elements. Yeah, that's what they were saying. And, it, you know, he was an avid hiker. They, I think I read somewhere they were saying, well, like... I th- rumor he, was he,
0: he did see Dickhead right before he went hiking.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's just... That, you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Coincidence, huh? How strange. Just but we just want to say, damn, man. That was sad to see that, you know? I wanted to...
0: I wrote down some of my favorite roles of his. And um, he is the warlock in exactly. the Warlock franchise. Warlock. And I said, Warlock, which isn't
1: that bad of a movie. Oh, that's one of my favorite but it's, movies. It's a
0: great weekend to rent a movie for. It's cool cover kind of
1: movie. <laughs> that's, my ver- that's another virtuosity for me. I lo- I even had the video game.
0: Warlock was pretty cool. Where I you mean, fight Julian Sands? But Julian Sands, well, yeah he's Warlock. But yeah. I mean, he's he was in Naked Lunch. He was in Leaving Las Vegas. He was in. He was in Leaving Rose Las Red. Vegas. Yeah, he's um he's one of the, he's like a side character. Yeah, but, but he's in that movie. Yeah. Which part is it? The Circus Circus? I think he's like her,
1: her pimp or something. He's a pimp. Yeah. He was also in that movie that was real controversial, right? Where he cuts off like her arms and legs. Oh yes. Do you remember that movie? Dude, I remember when it came out and it was like, oh my god, this movie's so terrible, it's so disgusting, it's tasteless. Do you remember what that movie is? Ah, uh, gee, I can look it up. But man, that was such a big topic when it came out that year. Fuck, I'm old. It, but yeah, it was I don't know. It's just sad to see that. I mean, this year has it's felt so
0: sad. I mean, I don't know if it I think the AI or whatever just feeds into it. But like my homepage of all my news is essentially just obituaries of like I who, know, who died. It so fucking and it's like, I don't know if everyone is dying or... Jimmy Buffett just passed away, right? You, you literally like two days ago.
1: Yeah. He's like, damn, man. Everybody's dying. He's in arachnophobia. Yes. Julian Sands. He's probably a bad guy in a movie about s- killer spiders. He probably introduced him or something. I he forgot. probably was the spider a scientist. <laughs> he's the spider
0: at the end. I mean, he was in a lot of he has 199 credits.
1: Well, if you grew up in the 90s, uh so, late 80s, I mean, you saw Julian Sands yeah. so much. He was just in everything. He was that guy, right? What I
0: love is like he's like one of those actors where you don't have to know his name, but when you see him, he, you
1: always go, yeah. "Oh, it's that guy." Yeah. And he's just part, such a part of my nostalgia. Cause I mean, I seriously love Warlock. Damn, that is some negative news, buddy. And it was just like, fuck, really? You know, and it's early, you know, I mean, he still had so much. Yeah. You know, it's just, ugh. Well, you, you wanted to add it that the the climate is breaking down, you know? Oh, the- yeah. The UN announced the climate break is uh, climate. They announced climate breakdown. Yeah. So does that mean, can we fix it? No can we fix it right
0: there? I mean it, the thing is that probably even if it's broken down, it probably takes decades still um and the only positive and hope that I can leave the audience is that humans are pretty smart at fixing problems, yeah, and when the actual problems are there and present, it makes it way easier uh every now and then we march or dimes things right every it happens yeah. it happens every now and then every now and then we all pull together and care polio. You know, every now and then we we like eradicate uh, smallpox. It happens. It's not often. Like we kill each other more than we get together. But who knows? Maybe well, maybe there's hope. Maybe. But I. But you know, the world feels different. Maybe well, that's just aging. But I I never felt like this decade a decade ago.
1: Well, let me uh, let me ask you that because I was just meaning to pass over it because it's such a depressing topic. Yeah, I didn't really mean to get into it, but um. How, because it, it it is a problem that needs to be solved. Yeah, we're past that point. It yeah. has to get solved, or yeah. else it's or it, else that's it. Literally, or else. So, how close do you feel we are to that, to where you can be like, yes, humanity is getting to that point.
0: I've always felt like uh, apocalypse was hyperbole.
1: In a (laughs) sense,
0: because it was always like, you know, nukes will kill us all. And then it never happened, at least not in the past. It's It's a big one if you live in
1: California, right?
0: There's, and if you lived in California, we've all heard about the big earthquake. Every, you know, everyone's heard about the super volcano in Yosemite, right? Like when, uh, uh, Saint Helena blew. Everyone was like, "That's, that's the one,
1: right?" Because that's it's gonna, gonna blow,
0: again. blow. Saint Helena's gonna blow, and it's gonna blow you. Uh, Yellowstone.
1: It's gonna cover all the way up to San Francisco. Yeah, just pure ash.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know we always hear about this stuff, and and it's like yes, it's gonna happen, but um, the thing is like a lot of people are probably gonna die, and then it's there's gonna be a point where enough people have died where people might wow. start being like, oh, okay. You think it's gonna take
1: an event that big? Oh, huh? yes. It's gonna take like 9-11 kind of events. So what's the worst 9-11 event then? Would that just be nuclear holocaust? Uh, nuclear holocaust is pretty bad. And it's like you guys need to figure this out about like T minus 20 seconds. Well, uh, nuclear the hol- radiation cloud is
0: coming your way. <laughs> yeah, nuclear hol- to the bunkers. Yeah, it's like who's left has to figure it out? <laughs> right? And like well, I hope we're not that far. There's long. pretty bad ones. I right? hope we never get that far along. There's know. impacts. Asteroid impacts, which we could technically solve if we detect early enough. I mean, they're doing tests. Don't look up, right? As crappy as that movie is, but you know, there's 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 sadly a lot of truth truth. in in that satire. Yeah. Um, you know, you got you got nukes, you got viruses. I mean, look what COVID did, and COVID was relatively harmless compared to like smallpox. You have the the
1: plague, right? Yeah,
0: you have the infection rate of COVID with the lethality of smallpox. There's no more humans it would literally yeah. extinct us yeah um unless we developed something before everyone died right <laughs> i well, mean go into the caves and then now we have like essentially like the slow apocalypse which is yeah. you climate know climate breakdown. death climate breakdown the, the destruction of ecosystems like starvation essentially interstellar we're I mean, living through interstellar Damn, Nolan!
1: You got damn genius. <laughs> you Oppenheimer, Nolan.
0: He literally, like that's essentially, like right? The rot or whatever that because there's yeah. uh, the lack of food and the, the the soil, soil, yeah, soil damage and soil death.
1: Yeah, that's where that's the world we're living yeah. in, and it's like because look at what we're facing right now. That really is cataclysmic, and if they go, we're so fucked. Is the bees? Yeah, one of the smallest of the creatures, and it's like, dude, if this if this goes. If we extinct the bees man we are
0: we're done ourselves. But then it's like right we extinct the bees we have T minus 10 years to replace bees with something. We got some drone bees. Right? bees. Like, we got bumblebee drone, bumblebee ted. Like n- <laughs> nothing could like scale out the drones right? We would have to figure out some kind of misting system, greenhouse yeah. pollinating misting system or I don't even fucking know cuz you have to somehow pick the pollen from the other flower and take it to the next place, right? But like,
1: then we've already gone past a point, right? Cuz it's just a slow collapse. At that point. Well, the thing too, well... It truly is. Yeah. You're well, not replacing any living creature with robots. robots. No. <laughs> no. Not in, not in our current lifetime. You're not. And, Maybe. You're and not if that. you go to another planet, you're doing the same thing. And guess what? You're not replacing yeah. your city on Mars with the robots. You can't produce what nature just produces on its own. Not to scale for what we need to survive yeah. as a species. Like the bees. Because they're all extinct in China, right? Don't they use drones? I, I read that. They
0: started using drones, yes, but I don't think they're all extinct. Oh god, I hope not. Because yeah, there's just you know, the thing is it's like because China, man, the pollution. Yeah. Right? Like they just got dead rivers over there that don't have fish in them because really? they're so polluted, they just killed everything nothing can survive. Oh wow. In those rivers, like yeah, they've like extinct, like rare types of dolphins and shit. Like <laughs> god, they but they have a billion people they gotta feed. Right, like they got a billion people. They have to keep warm. They got a billion people. They got like part of it is you know like got those fucking crazy people like Elon Musk saying like we gotta populate. It's like no, we gotta fucking feed the people we
1: have now. Yeah, but then you also see well yeah because you know then that criticisms of other like for us to in our (laughs) nuclear age to tell coal. People relying strictly on coal. Like, no, don't do that. You're going to kill the world. And they're like, fuck you, motherfucker. We're getting ours
0: too. It's our turn. (laughs) It's like a dude in a coat and like there's someone like, you know, like burning a trash can (laughs) to keep warm. Yeah. He's like, and it's like, that's so dirty looking. And it's like, Man, I'm cold. <laughs> yeah, like, come out of here, motherfucker. Get me warm. He's yeah. like, no, I ain't getting that close. Can I have that coat? You have like 16 more at home. Nah, man. I, this is my Thursday coat. <laughs> it's <not laughs> fucking good. Yeah. It's lit. It matches my pants. You know, and then it's like, and he's just like, yeah, get it. But, you know, I just want to smoke some crack. <laughs> <laughs> you got some crack, man. <laughs> I suck your dick. I suck your dick for some crack. Well, let's get into that main
1: topic. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, brain drain. Well, that's the did, thing, we, did we almost. talk
0: about what we're drinking? And I think we maybe need another beer each. Uh I'm still good. I know I've been getting, drinking a little slow, but I, it's, I'm starting to feel things. So I've been feeling it for a while. That's why I've been all right. So let's shit. jump into that main topic then. Let's, because uh, I have I have quite a bit to talk, and this is going to be one of those warning, I guess, for people out there. It's
1: we're barely doing. This a is warning.
0: probably gonna get sad, <laughs> depressing. Oh, especially after what I wrote. I really kind of just laid out shit on here. So, okay. Uh, I guess let's get into it. All right. Okay. Let me st- ask you first. So, because you wrote it, so let me ask you. Yeah. Okay. Brain drain, buddy. Oh, I think shit. you look. You and I are in a similar place in our life. Our brains have died, and that's what I want to discuss today. So what is brain drain
1: and how do you define it? Oh shit. That's a lot more depressing than I thought it sounded. I thought it was sounding funny. <laughs> but well, now just hearing you talk, I don't I think you might have a different idea of what I meant. Yeah, I am gonna write about it. I wrote about it too. Oh, okay. So for me, it's just been like not creators or writer's block, you know, where I can't think of what to do next or keep the story going or anything. It's just more like, dude, I just feel fucking like a zombie, <laughs> you know, just so exhausted and tired. And that aspect of, I don't know, whatever we're going through now playing into the issue, I guess the fatigue of it all. Yes. I guess maybe that, maybe that's what it's really stemming from, but it's like, what? it's been so hard to just be creative and to just work on the projects. Like I have, I have, actually gotten stuff out there and finished a lot of things right now but at the same time like i haven't touched Dighead in a month man i'll be real no yeah i, I mean, haven't, I haven't, I haven't touched the edit i've been trying to work on a jog at night i got to a certain point and then i just stopped and it was like i know what to do next i know everything the next steps but it's just kind of like this tiredness, this drain, and it's just preventing me because it does need some like critical, creative approaches to it, but I just feel so out of it and, you know, just kind of a little blank, I guess.
0: Well, let me read what I wrote because I, I understand what you're saying. And I said, I think for me, it's less of a brain drain and it's more of a burnout. And the worst part is it's not a creative burnout or even working on the movie. I find that to be the only enjoyable things I do. Yeah, it's just burnout on life. The grind—it's taken everything with it. I don't just have the energy sometimes. I literally have to take days off, being a sludge to just recover. My yeah. brain is active
1: as ever. It's the body that has failed. Yeah, because yeah, like, because like, I'm trying to recall words and just talk smarter.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and. Yeah, I just feel like it's so hard for me to even recall anything or how to do anything. I'm like, Bleh. I just kind of feel like a zombie at times. Yeah, I'll
0: know? just find myself just staring off in the space and just staring at a blank wall. Oh, like, shit, dude. The, the drugs finally got to the, us, babe. The ideas aren't stopping. Yeah, I and, don't feel
1: any less creative or less ambitious and, about it. Yeah,
0: and I'm just like, I want to get dickhead done, but then I'm like, there's hours to do. Yeah. And I have to literally squeeze every hour... Out of yeah. the day sometimes, and it's like I don't. I, and especially if I haven't gotten sleep or if I'm overworked, I'm, it's just like I literally have to have weekends so I can continue to like survive and make sure I make it to work to pay bills and yeah. stuff. Yeah, real life. So, what has gotten you into this state? Do you do you have a do you have a, a, a like
1: a cause in mind? I don't know. I don't know. I mean. Certainly hearing you talk, you know, there is that physical to consider just how much your life is changing and how much more you're going to have to do and just the physical grind of that, which I think I've been on with Karen and that, you know, building this whole new thing, world, life, and um, alongside keeping this going, you know, there is just that... uh, busy schedule and then work life um, to navigate. And of course, you're addressing all of them at the same time. So just physically, you're kind of worn down. And maybe that, you know, I maybe I put that off a bit on how much that affects me. Because like, yeah, well, whatever. You got to do it. It's fun. You know, I enjoy doing it all in a sense. And, but yeah, when I come here, it's like, man, now I got to edit. Dickhead. It's like, and, yeah. and I'm ready to and I'm excited to, but I'll, I'll even bring it up and I'll just look at it and it's just like, I don't know what to do here. It's, it's going to require like a really clear mind. you know. Yeah. Like, th- like I've, I've cut it down as much as I can through all of that. And like with scene six, I've gotten pretty far along. But now I've noticed I'm like, well, save this section. I don't know what to do. Save it for Tom. Let me get his input. And yeah. it's increasing more like that. And it's just harder to make these choices where, you know, before it felt a lot easier to like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. And it's like, ah, is it this or is it that? And getting caught and just not knowing how to figure out that puzzle. And, you know, kind of that zombie feel like just marching through. "Uh, Yeah. I'm making it through here. Oh, I did this on dickhead. Uh." And And it really does just... it
0: kind of kills the motivation because at least for me, and this is what I wrote is, you know, there's it's compounded stress, existential dread and fear, fear of being unable to actually work on the things I love. I find myself often just drifting off, looking into the void suffocated by all my creative ideas and desires and realizing I cannot accomplish anything in my current state. It's an unending spiral of compounding self-destructive behavior and thought patterns. Yeah, that's depressing. (laughs) Because most of the time it's like, well, I know what I want to work on when we meet up again, and then it's like, then that morning happens, and it's like, oh, this, I'm gonna be, it's gonna be, I'm gonna be up for 24 hours. I'm gonna go to sleep on Sunday or on Saturday, you know, like in the morning at like probably like eight o'clock, and then I'll wake up at nine, and then you know, then then I have to like figure out how to recover so that I I don't die on Monday. Yeah, and it's and the thing is like. Only thing I want to do
1: is like meet up and work on dickhead. I don't want to go to work. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I think want... every day. Like, if, could I just have one day off of my day job, and just, but and just work on yes. like every other aspect of life that yeah. we, that's falling behind. I always
0: keep thinking, man, we got to do another cabin trip. I just keep thinking we got to do yeah, another because to me, it, those cabin trips, it's it's I can decompress and focus on what I want to do yeah I'm not worrying about what the kids are doing I'm not worrying about if I have to go to work it's just buddy you know another beer okay yeah. what do you think about this cut like what we have this yeah. this or this you know I'm cutting in it is a am I cutting in too many frames like we can really just boil down and get to it because we have the time to kind of like just be the creatives that we are and not be like well hey buddy you know uh it's like two o'clock in the morning, I got to get out of here or something like that. And, you know, we actually have just the time that we want. If we want to work 16 hour days, we can work 16 hour days. If we want to work eight hour days and then watch movies or what, go to a bar and drink a little bit. It's like, but we got like a huge amount of work done Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's, and I, I always think about back when we were at the cabin and I want to ask you this because I was, I remember, I, I think I brought this up at the time, but. It's been a while since we did that. Um, I was just like, so this is what our life would be like if we were filmmakers full-time.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was just like, wow, I couldn't imagine. Like, it was it was so blissful. Yeah. There was no, it, everything, it, it almost was too good. It was almost too perfect that it was a, uh, a stab. It was almost painful in the sense of how nice it was. It killed us with kindness yeah. that we had never known, or at least I had never known where I was excited to wake up. <laughs> and that's yeah. very rare for me. I don't really get very excited for things. But when we were in the cabin, I was like, I'm excited to look at these scenes. I've looked at them a million times. Yeah. I looked, but I was excited to like, it was like, this is what we're here to do. We were like really, really vibing. We were really getting into it. We were really getting into the movie. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. So like, I guess I, I can probably uh, run over your question uh, or your answer. But, well, let me, let me
1: add to this. Go for it. So Please, let me stop what talking. What you're doing is that, you know, you mentioned that, and then we do have the weekends when we're off. But then that fatigue is so strong, right? And it's like, like do I want to do this? Or do I just want to get high and eat some pizza and watch the movies? And, you know, sometimes that urge, oftentimes, at least for me, that urge is a lot stronger. It's not even... I want but, to interject one thing real but, quick. But what I'm saying ultimately is just having that rest You're
0: and having yeah. and
1: having that chance to just like, look, I want to do this. I do. You know, the ambition's there because I feel like we're so close to getting to somewhere where we need to be at a pivotal point within whatever mm-hmm. dickhead is. I mean, yeah. it, we're getting to that point. And <laughs> over dickhead, fucking dickhead, dude. <laughs> it fucked us so bad. <laughs> fuck you dickhead (laughs) but yeah you know like i feel like we're getting to such a good point within all of this and we're so close it's like dude that finish line man i see it dude there's a (laughs) fucking white line and it's not a finish line it's not but it's but it's this pivotal goal yeah it's this pivotal point that we're getting to and it's like yeah we're fucking tired yeah we want to just rest But the only free time now we have is when we rest. (laughs) So we have to we have to put in that fucking half hour, man. It doesn't even have to be an hour. Don't even give an hour. But guess what? I'm not even sometimes I'm not fucking doing any shit during the weekend. You know, if I at least gave a half hour, that'd be an hour of work done. But you know, part of the problem too is like I do bring it up and and I'm working and I know where I need to get to to a certain point, but then I get to this wall. And it's just like, fuck. I'm so fucking tired. I don't know. I don't know if left is right. Yeah. And then it's like, well, rest. That's probably what you need. You just need to like, put this aside. You need to not focus. But then there's also that fear of like, well, if you put it aside now, does it ever get better? Or is it only going to be just this cascading thing? Like the fucking climate breakdown and you think you're propping it up but you're really not fucking propping it up you're just slowing down the cascade you're, you're putting the net as the canyon is falling and is catching it as it's getting we lower you just keep building seawall after seawall after
0: seawall sea <laughs> <wall.
1: laughs>
0: yeah and you know i want you make a you make a fucking great point but i also my counterpoint to this is and this is something you taught me and i have shit i've always i realized how important it is you said you always have to give yourself a day You'd always mm-hmm. give yourself a Sunday or whatever it is. And the problem is, is, that day is like, you always have to give yourself like 20, 30 hours now. It's like <laughs> yeah. it, a day just ain't, isn't enough with all, all the shit that's going on constantly. Mm-hmm. And you see.
1: And then the stress from that, right? Because yes. you know you're juggling all of this all at once, even if you can only do one at a time. Yeah, All of that's behind you, and it's just fucking weighing you down. You're like, fuck, I'm taking too long
0: here. But let me, and we're kind of talking on this a bit too, but I want to elaborate on this, and it's a big fear of mine, is that you're so tired and out of it and unfocused and worried and stressed that you're not actually doing good work. Exactly. Your editing isn't good. You're not noticing the right cuts. Um, You're just trying to get through it because you're trying to get through it. Um, It's not like the gym It we always compare it to the gym where it's like you got to get the reps and build up, but it's like, but there's if you are just lifting poorly to keep the metaphor, you're doing more harm than good. Yeah, if you're making bad cuts because you're tired and you're not really thinking and you're not focused, and then you're and it's like you're hurting yourself because you have to then go back and fix it. So instead of and I was thinking you know we we we're gonna talk about this later, Um, but it's like. We just have to, you just kind of have to accept that it's like, no, we have to take a break because we have to just like find a better place for us to get back to doing it right.
1: No, that's very true. And I think that is the correct answer. Or I don't know. I don't know. I also feel like it's not just a day of rest that we need. Yeah, You know, and the scary part is, will we wake back up? That's the scary part. And, you know, we. And then we'll be here five years later. Oh, yeah, dickhead. We're almost there. (laughs) Or, you know, even worse. Oh, yeah, that one movie we don't talk about anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But Bobolowski.
0: Yep.
1: And, oh, dude. No, we're not doing that.
0: We're not doing that.
1: No, I can't. So it's like, we got to finish. Either we finish or I don't know, man. It's just we quit everything. It's fucking. Well, To me, that fucking failure in what we aspire to.
0: I'll I'll say to this, and then we'll get on to the next question is that it kind of feels like, uh, it hopefully feels like things are turning a bit of a corner. Yeah. Um, Things are starting to stabilize. This year has been
1: crazy, catastrophic. I think it's been stabilizing for me. It hasn't really It's been only th- wrapping up for me. I to say like, it
0: hasn't really been stabilizing, but I'm just trying to psych myself. Actually, it's been getting worse. <laughs> I mean, maybe for you it's stabilized. I was gonna say I'm just trying to psych myself into oh, it. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No man, we got this. We got
0: this. Because for a while, like because like things were like some of the problems have gone away, but then like other problems, like it's like it's always something, right? So speaking of it's always something, has this happened before? Do you have this have you had this brain drain, this This life burnout, this exhaustion. No, not
1: like this. I think this has been the worst it's ever been. But I'll also say this. Within all of the things I've ever tried to do and accomplish and like dreams set before me, I've never done it like I have now. And that's why for me it's such a scary part because it's like, okay, well, you know, all that shit you believed and you thought you could do. Do it, dude. It's, it's now or not. Yeah. You know, and my aspirations aren't that big. I just want to be able to kind of keep on going, you know, and just <laughs> not have a, a nine to five to worry about. If I could get to that state and feel confident to support me and my family, I am all for that. That's heaven. That's literally the definition of heaven. I am all for that 100%. But also there is that nine to five and... Um, you know you just got a lot of other obligations and you know the reality you probably don't have what it takes because you can't even fucking finish it like get out of here you fucking you suck you were this close and you didn't finish it so what was the question? Has it happened before? Yeah not like this It's definitely happened at times where I have to kind of walk away from what I'm doing like with photography. I mean, dude, I was obsessed with photography for a while. For like 10 years, I was constantly on it, creating these like stories and just exploring photography in my own little way. Yeah. And then after a while, like, it's hard for me to touch a camera at times, you know, I don't just have that urge to go and create because, well, I guess I have, I feel like I have so much unfinished work in photography, like all these I don't know. I shot film, so I felt like, man, I gotta print every single picture for some reason. And I didn't, and I didn't really put in a lot of effort to like a lot of the shots and I've lost a lot of my eye. So yeah, it has happened to me. But for this, it's like this is what I really wanted to do. The storytelling, the -hmm. writing, the the movie making if I can. It's like, dude, this is this is it. If this could be what I and I don't want anything More than that, you know, it's like, (laughs) fuck, dude, I don't fucking want to be successful. I want to be able to generate a profit for those who need it because it's the industry it is. Yeah, we're
0: all working to live.
1: Yeah, we all got to work. And, you know, those fucking studios, as much as they fucking make, they got to meet whatever quotas they're trying to make. Yeah. And if we can all just get to that point where we're all making what we feel is fair, I don't want to make more than that. I don't want to make like a hundred million as a director or anything like that. No, I, I don't. don't want to direct a Marvel film. Just let me tell my little shit stories, <laughs> and then be on my way. I'm out of here. If I could achieve that,
0: like I said, that's that is literally my definition of heaven. Yeah, because that means you, every day you're waking up to work on something you want to do. <laughs> yeah, and for and to answer the question for myself, I mean, I'm always like kind of like in this state. It's always like a battle. Um, there's definitely times where. I can be more motivated. It's generally just uh, the more time like c- I can actually just kind of catch up on things. And I think, and I, I'll write about I write about this a little later. But um, there are definitely ways to 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 battle this that I found for myself. It's just sometimes it's it's hard to even get ready for the fight to, in an extent. You're just like you're just you. you Sometimes you and and I think it's important to recognize when you start to get into this flow or this pattern, so that you can start combat combating it and getting ready with uh, with with other whatever method you choose. And then I think I just let it slip away from me. It just it all just compounded. You know, too many straws in the camel. Um, So, what are the scariest outcomes for you?
1: Well, I think I already said the scariest outcome is. Yeah, You believe you're a failure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what more scary outcome is there for like what? anyone and what well, they want to achieve in life? Right? Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, here we go. I wrote, the scariest outcome is the inability to work on things I actually care about. Editing dickhead and hanging out with friends. When I have this brain drain burnout phase, I just completely retreat. I just do the minimum. I fight with myself to get anything done. Even just playing with the kids. It's devastating and I think the problem is that it's not just one feeling, it's hundreds. It's the straws. They build and build until you break and are broken. So And to me it's the scary part is actually just breaking because I don't know what happens after that.
1: It's like Is that when
0: I just eat the gun finally, you know? Like
1: No, you'll just start actually crying in front of people. And you'll be like, (laughs) I feel like this. You're like, oh buddy. (laughs) And you'll feel so broken because you had to admit See, that's why to I'm... your deepest um, feelings. I'm opening it up. But... What? Oh, fucking goddamn drugs. I had the... I knew what I was going to say. Sorry, buddy. It's
0: the blackout brownie. It's very yeah, it's strong.
1: It's the blackout brownie. But... <laughs> wait, can you give me a cliff notes real quick? Of what I said? The last part.
0: Okay. It's devastating. And I think the problem is that it's not just one feeling. It's hundreds. It's the straws. They build and build until you just break and are broken.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying too, right? There's no putting it back together. Yeah. And that's the scariest outcome. Like, you're not going to wake up again. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying We, I feel like we're so close. We need to be like, Steven. Just give me fuck that. You have a canteen full. No, buddy. We just got to keep going for two more weeks. And then you can have a drop of the water. <laughs> but you really have a gallon back there.
0: Steve. I mean, it's so cold. Oh, no, buddy. <laughs> it's getting to you. It's getting to you. Damn, Don't buddy. rest. Keep going. Keep going. Listen to this Moses motherfucker. It's just 40 days or
1: whatever. But you was. know, that's also the ultimate. That's one of the scary parts to also is that unsurety is like, is it the rest we need or is it? The extra effort we need, because if we choose wrongly, it's like Indiana Jones. Remember the (laughs) Last Crusade? What the other good Indiana Jones movie? And he has to choose the cup that Jesus drank from, and of course, the Nazi, you know, the fucking Nazi. He gets the nicest goblet that ever existed, and he drinks and "Ah!" oh, spoilers! Oh yeah, I heard you're supposed to say spoilers when a movie is like 50 years old. And then Indy's like, look at that piece of shit, Cup. I bet he drank out of that one because Jesus was poor. He grew up in the manger. Yeah. And then,
0: he ah, his dad, right? Yeah, so we're poor. It had been funny if he had tested on his dad first. Dad, you're dying Daddy anyway. Daddy here, <laughs> uh, just take a quick sip. Yeah, but but it wouldn't
1: have been, you know, um, he's, he's a hero, Indy. But, you know, it is that issue of um, knowing what is the right choice. Because we pick the right choice. We get what we need. <laughs> yeah, We pick the wrong choice. I think it is failure, dude. It's like we played Russian Roulette long enough. And it's like, okay, there's six chambers. And we're... Which one would we need to be on? Number five? Yeah. We're literally on... We've <laughs> no, dodged. we're on number four. Oh, four. We're on number four. It's oh, okay. 50-50. Okay.
0: The next bullet's either going to kill yep. us...
1: Or we so, get one more click. Either, you know, what we're going to just say, you know what? You win. You win it all and turn it on the fucker and shoot it <laughs> in the chest. Or we pull the trigger on ourselves. And... Yeah, man. Uh, no, you're right. Maybe that's where that brain drain is because it's so weird, man. It just feels so weird. It's not like... I've had writer's block to an extent. I know we've also said we haven't had it, but I also know I have had it at some point and in certain ways. And this just feels so different. It's like, yeah, the creativity's not there. I can come up. I feel like I'm coming up with good ideas and they're percolating there and everything's working fine. It's just nothing's manifesting at the end. Yeah. But the thing's wide open. You know, I can clog the coffee drain. The percolator should be flowing. All the lines are clean, but still. There's a fish in the percolator. Damn it. Well, have you gone about
0: raviting this or how, how do you hope to? Uh, I think taking a time out and not working for a little is a kind of recovery or find the motivation to trudge on. But do you think this is a safe approach or is it dangerous?
1: I don't know, man. Because I would say I've been yelling at myself. But then, like this past week or so, I was like, you know what, Steven? Let's just play Magic. Let's download uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Let's see what it's all about. Oh, there's also uh, Armored Core 6. Oh, I've been playing. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to get it, but I got Baldur's Gate 3. I was like, uh, okay, I can't buy two games. I'm going to get what?
0: Armored Core 6. If you like the Armored Core games, it's perfect. It is uh, absolutely
1: perfect. Okay, well perfect. then, I, I literally spent hundreds of hours on Armored Core. All of them. Same. Well, well, I, I only played one, like one. two, and, I and was like the demo
0: disc kid. I would play the Armored Core demo. Me too. Hundreds of times. And I remember I would only ever rent it. I never actually owned the game. So I would rent it all the time. Every yeah, time I would I get, I Armored Core. My I, brother
1: introduced it to me. He was because he, he always had like the video games, so mm-hmm. I always like hanging around him, my elder brother. Yeah, and, and I'm like, oh my god, this game! Like I think he had a PlayStation, but like the first person I knew with a PlayStation, and he had Armored Core, and I was like, oh my god, bro, this is so fucking cool, man! Remember I, the black screen and you have the little trees in front of you, the building. Yeah. And you're like, doo, 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 yeah. like an at at walking yeah. down some city. And then that's you, inside of a big building, and you're like,
0: doof, 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 just blowing up robots. <laughs> the funny thing is, I've built my my AC the same
1: every single oh, time. Yeah. Mine's named Sha- or Mine's always named Shadow. Actually, I was gonna say mine might be named Shadow, but maybe. Oh, and then the blade, you know, the yep. moonlight blade. Moonlight
0: blade always gets always hidden on a level. So that's you have for to the find guy it. I like from
1: Left for Dead. Okay, or what is it called? Left. Uh, Left dead for al-
0: Dead. Dead Alive Beach Volleyball.
1: Yeah, Kasumi. Yeah. The Kasumi weapon. (laughs) Yeah. And then I... uh, I love it. And I had my little emblem, my face mask, because it was all black. And then I had a face mask that's sky blue. Yeah.
0: You know? I would always paint... Yeah, I always paint my mech uh, blue, black, and then all my
1: weapons and my arms red. (laughs) (laughs) I never painted the weapons. And then I made an emblem. Yeah. I think it was like a little... It was a katana stuck in the ground with like a ribbon flowing in the wind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the emblem.
0: I would never use the emblems because I was like, I'm independent. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because you could create your own. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was but like, I hell no. I can't do that. <laughs> I got my tattoo. But yeah, Armor Core
1: 6. Uh, yeah, so what? I may have a way for you to play it for free, buddy. So we'll see. Hit me up, buddy. Because <laughs> we'll it looks pretty awesome, dude. I was watching if the uh, live like, demo when it fights this huge creature in a sandstorm yes. and you're shooting its legs i was like yeah dude that looks fucking cool that
0: was a fun fight yeah and i love too is like uh they they well it's kind of like an ease it's i like that the, the difficulty is what you want it to be in a sense because uh you can reassemble your ac during like what, what you are eight you eight one plus. of those vanilla players you're like i'll
1: use the rifle
0: no in no my no blade. no like if you die uh, you can, they're like, okay, this gun's not working. You can switch out which gun you're using oh, okay. and then jump into the checkpoint without having to replay the whole mission. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. so you can either just say like, no, this is what I chose. I'm fighting it out. Or you can be like, well, this guy's really weak to plasma and I have like two plasma cannons. yeah. And so I'll just switch to the plasma cannons and make the fight easier. Or it's like, no, I, I wanted the big bazookas on my back. <laughs> so Oh, really? So you can just restart it. Because before you would just be able you'd, to reselect, right? You'd have to like quit out of the mission and start
1: over. Yeah. So this one has checkpoints And in usually the, in you'd the go missions. to the other mission and be like, okay, I need to do that one. Yeah. I only need 20,000 more gold yeah. or whatever cash. And always, it always break my
0: heart when I didn't have enough money I have to sell something. I could get those new legs. Yeah, because I'm, I'm... I'd always, be blasted. I'm a little slow. I, I, you know, I always buy the my boosters. I always make sure my boosters are... What was that sound? Did you hear that? No. Maybe. I don't know. You didn't hear like a... No.
1: Oh, I think because you were shaking the cable, Uh it shook my... Sorry, my leg's shaking. Damn, man. That sounded like I was in Armored Core. Oh, but yeah. Armored Core 6 is fun. It's just fun. Well, I want to try Boulder's Gate because I wanted something fantasy because magic is fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I want my fantasy now. So I bought it and then... Magic came out the next day and I've only been playing magic. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? I just to so much audio of that game.
0: I didn't want to play Baldur's Gate. because um, I know I want if I it's I know
1: I play. You know you're gonna spend a hundred hours.
0: And I know I don't have hundred hours. The best part about armored core is it's missions. <laughs> I can do oh, okay. one mission a day if I wanted. It's still like the old games. It's oh, mission, that's good. It's missions and arena. Yeah. Against the different bots when you climb the ranks. Yeah. So I'm like, well it's like, okay. I got home at like Seven thirty. I'm going to go to bed in thirty minutes. I can go and kill a few mechs,
1: and then I can just go to bed. <laughs> That's true. Because with magic, like even though I never, I always go away later. But at least every game, it's like, okay, this is the last game. Yeah. Whereas like with Boulder's Gate, I'd probably be going till five in the morning every night. Like, yeah. Oh fuck! I only got three hours. I'd be like, I well, could go. He said the dwarf is right over that hill. I just got to get there. Come on, man! Just two more hours. That's walk, all you
0: need. I would. Yeah. You know, I get. I get really sucked in, and I'll just be like, well. I could probably survive on two hours a week. Uh, well, I need a drink too. I need to pee and drink. Let's it. Yeah, let's pause. What are, what are we at? The pause. So let's get into the question. How have let's you go- Start
1: the podcast.
0: How have you gone about remedying this, or how do you hope to?
1: Um. Uh, well, I think rest is what we need. I think I've been taking it, but I think I'm also very concerned. How much time I'm taking. And that's probably not good either. No. Because it still kind of keeps you focused on it. But no, we definitely need a
0: kick in the butt because it's, we, I think we've taken
1: too much time. Yeah. And you know, it is fun. Like, you know, it, it's getting a little harder because, of course, we're, we tax everyone around us, you know, yeah. we put this strain on everyone around us and you can tell that they're suffering or, we make it harder. Not suffering. We make it but, harder and we bear the guilt. But they're just, not even guilt, but they're just as much a part of it as we are by taking care, lifting up the other parts of our life that we're not lifting up correctly. Right, while we're doing the editing. Yeah, so there's that balance. Yeah. That they're maintaining for our sake. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh we gotta get back on it because we gotta make it worth it for everyone who was a part of this, you know, and for ourselves too. Like everyone who was a part of this, we gotta We owe it to them to finish. We owe this. it to them to finish. And and you know, let's do the best we fucking can. And you know, with Dickhead he's like, God damn, we did that movie,
0: Dickhead. Uh that was the end of us, buddy. <laughs> hey, the end sometimes the end is the big, it's just the beginning. Um I took mine into more of like a therapy, uh, <laughs> writing, I guess. You kept it more on topic on filmmaking. But here's what I wrote. Maybe this is a, call me out on my bullshit, I guess.
1: Well, when you know, when I was peeing, I was thinking like, damn, this podcast is just our therapy. Huh? Yeah, and we're actually airing it. It's it like, is. What the fuck are we
0: doing? We're literally re- airing our therapy. There's some weird ego uh, masochist thing <laughs> that we're like doing about this. I don't know. I'm just forcing people to listen to our our suffering. (laughs) Speaking of suffering, this is what I wrote. Recognize you are suffering. Fight it however you can. I know it's dangerous to recommend the use of substances, but I'm a big believer in the use of drugs like edibles, THC, for just (laughs) quieting your mind, allowing you to forget and have a little fun. Alcohol can do this too, but sometimes it just kicks you in the ass harder than a donkey on steroids. Mushrooms and LSD just to demolish your ego and allow a lot of little bullshit to melt away. It really is the little things that bug you, that you can't let go, that drain you more than anything, at least for me. I know for a fact when I have an idea and it's drilling into my mind, it doesn't let go, that I feel defeated and pathetic, and then the self-pity starts and I just begin to drown with the if-onlys. If-onlys are so fucking dangerous you should always avoid that statement. <laughs> so, I uh, you know, we're we're having a nice little drink right now. We're drinking uh these Sam Adams. I like the Sam Adams like fall, oh yeah, variety they're packs. They're always good and it's nice to, it's always nice to have a good variety pack because and this is something that always pisses me off at restaurants. I know this is a huge tangent and I just talked about how depressing <laughs> life is. <laughs> And I'm going to go talk about how much I like that you get a little bit of variety. Like, sometimes I wish, like, 12-packs were just, like, you—it was just, like, single cans at the grocery store. So, you can—I only want, like, two Pepsis, and I want, like— Oh, yeah. —two Cokes. Like, I I don't want a 12-pack. Like, every— that's how it is in other places. I don't know. Maybe—I don't— You can only think you can really, like, I'm sure a single can of soda is like $16 now. We live in the
1: dystopia, buddy.
0: But, well, what do you think about the the use of drugs for like self care (laughs) and stuff like that, buddy? Like, um, I know, like, I wanted to bring up something, and I know I just asked you a question, but let me just go with this real quick little thing because I was thinking about it, you know, and this year I haven't really done any trips, Um, not at all. And, you know, what do you mean
1: by trips? You mean like vacations? (laughs)
0: Sure. <laughs> the, the other dimensions. Because I was just thinking, like, if you uh subscribe to our Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash twin shadow podcast, oh, really? you can see that there's a there's like a twin shadow journey uh-huh. little video I put on there. It's oh, free. No. You don't even have to pay us. You can watch it for free, I believe. And it's essentially Steven and I doing our trip out to Vegas. And I was that last year
1: or was that two years ago? <laughs> Sweet child. <laughs> that was like Five years ago, dude. Oh, no, it was two years ago. Cause no, because that was the the pre. That was us going to see what we were going to shoot for Grace when yeah. she came out. So that was like two years ago. No, it was two years ago. It was probably at least three.
0: It was two years ago.
1: Three. The desert tortoise. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Three years yeah. ago. Man, so it's been a long time. So,
1: right. Well, when did we shoot with Grace?
0: That was only 2021.
1: a year ago. 2021? Because
0: we just shot with Grace a few months ago.
1: Yeah, not that, but I mean at my sister's house. Yeah. That 2021. Was
0: two, 2021, two years ago.
1: Okay, so two and a half years ago then. Yeah. Because we shot, we did the preliminary at the start of the year? Summer? Yes. yes. We did it in summer and then we shot in October. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? All of your trip.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's like, you know, what? It, it's been a while. And I think, I think there is a lot of therapy
1: in it, in it. So when you saw the American dream
0: and I think, yeah, when I saw the American dream, uh, it changed your perspective, didn't it? The thing is, <laughs> and that I think I, that I think is important is it's not like a recreational, like no. you don't do it every weekend. No, never. You don't abuse right? it. Give like, me another beer. No, it's, I'm kidding. I, just, I was gonna it's say part of it's my right bit right there. I know. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Uh, but uh, but like if like I'm talking specifically LSD or like a heroic dose. It's like once, maybe twice a year. Book ended, um, and it kind of it like I think that ego dissol- uh, dissolve because you kind of do just drown in your own self pity, and I think uh that that's real dangerous, and the best part about those uh those two substances and and uh, are are that they just they just drain the pool <laughs> right I mean it's like oh and you're like, wait a minute, it was only up to my ankles, yeah right, and then you it kind of lets you reset and and uh that's
1: that's really nice key word right there you hear him, he said reset. <laughs> But I would say... Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, the reality is you got to be careful, dude. Because this shit fucks people up. And we don't really know what it does, how it affects people, how repeated use will do. I mean, you're really kind of taking that gun, that Russian roulette, right? Because I've had friends who messed with a lot of the stuff we dab into. And they've completely lost it. But man, mushrooms are pretty fucking good, man. And I will I will stand by that. You know, like every time I've had them um, are uh known of people who have had them <laughs> with me, um are, you know, just giving it to them. Shit. Hypothetically, if I saw someone in need, I'd be like, here's a mushroom, take a heroic dose. <laughs> and you know, it's not like it's fun and it's beautiful but in the weirdest way because it just gives you this whole new perspective of life and existence and it kind of just makes you appreciate what you have and value things differently and just changes the perspective to i think a more positive but also realistic perspective but in the you know in the direction of positivity as opposed to sometimes i think realistic normally but in the negative I you like know? that it it like sheds the baggage. Exactly. It, it let it lets you believe in a happiness. Yeah. You know, it's not all gonna be struggles, not all gonna be suffering that at some point you're gonna be really happy and you know for because you're gonna be living a life that you wanna live and
0: I know you're probably care of I shouldn't probably openly to talk about drug use so much, but I don't do it very often. Like I said, it's I do LSD once, twice a year. But one thing I will say about LSD is that every time after i do it it's always like my fucking face hurts for like 2 days because i was smiling so much that my face muscles are actually like yeah. sore because of how it's like and for for me that it means a lot like just having even just that like that night Just that, like when we were when we did that night in Vegas, it was just like a huge reset. When we when we were in the cabin, it was a huge,
1: pretty fucking epic, man. It
0: was a huge reset. Like it just like resets everything. Like it just resets your ego, your karma, whatever, whatever your um, spiritual baggage is. It just allows you to deal with it. And goddamn, if that's not, it's like oh, you get to start. It's like you're Sisyphus and the, somehow the rock gets bigger every day yeah. you get to start with the small rock again yes you're still going to push that fucking rock up the hill yes it's going to grow and eventually you're going to have to deal with it again but it's nice to reset that rock to that small size and give you that breather right and then I mean it, maybe that's just what I need to do I've been thinking about it a lot Just I just kind of need to drain the pool yeah and because uh, I, I, I think it's it's not even because even for me it's like i'm like a tank dude i'll just go until the goddamn gas runs out it's just it's the mental exhaustion that gets me like i'll like when we were doing like the 7 days that's fine if i'm having a good time yeah but when man when you got that that mental stress that agony that ways it's like uh what is it uh to drop a bowling ball and a feather They'll fall at the same time if there's like a zero gravity or whatever. Or the same gravity, but there's no resistances. Like in a vacuum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But we don't live in a vacuum and the bowling ball really fucking hurts to land on you. You know, land on your toe. You ever had a feather land on your toe? It's like, oh. (laughs) You ever have a bowling ball land on your toe? (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. And that's well hell, a feather is forced gum. Well, to talk about feathers, uh, can anything good come from this? Come from it.
1: Yeah, if you make the right choice. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> right? Cause then it, it'll be like, yes, I need that rest. Or if it's like, yes, when I'm at the finish line, I know I need to keep going. Like I, I do think it is different approaches too for different people. I really do. You know. But for me at least. It's like, like a it's an intelligent rest, but it's also like just for the sake of being able to keep going at the best, you know. Yeah, I I get so sucked. It's like fueling. It's like fueling up in a race, right? Yeah, you know you're gonna lose position, but you know you got to finish. You got to get an X amount of fuel to finish the race at whatever time you're aiming for, and that's how we are. And there is no second place you I, know in a sense like we need to get that first place so we can get on to the next project exactly
0: i wrote it i wrote an answer and then a huge tangent i guess i'll just <laughs> read it and the question is can you can anything good come from this and i said well you can spin that many ways there is sure sure there is a good amount of suffering did i spin it well but there is a healthy dose and there's a healthy dose of suffering working a 16 hour day on set to get all the shots you need that can be healthy like going to the gym, you tear down a bit so you can build it back stronger. You just have to not make every day sixteen hours and kill yourself trying to do it. yeah, um because I think uh like when you just pull it and you just and or sometimes when you just have to just force it and just make it work, that that can be good, but it's also destructive sometimes, so it's like you, it's really just knowing when you need to
1: push. Or and when you need to take a break. Well, no, that's a beautifully way to put it, and perfectly, yeah. It, like it's the body; it's all a part of the body, right? Mm-hmm. We're all body. So, how do how do you
0: hope to handle this next time? Can any pre- preventive measures
1: be done? Yes, because it won't be dickhead, and it won't be. I, yeah, mainly it just won't be dickhead, right? Really. Yeah. For both of us. Like, I think if there is a next time, it'll be like, hell man, there's a fucking next time. All right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there was a next time. I'm in. And you know, if it fails, well, I'll figure it out then. And the the best part is, uh,
0: we get to go through everything again. All the fun parts and all the pain and hopefully more fun than pain, but with the wisdom. With the wisdom. Because the thing is, is someone said, would you do dickhead again with what you know now? And yeah, I would tell that story again better. We would do it so much better this time around. But what, this is the one that we could make. And this is the best that we could make it with the knowledge that we had. And hopefully this is a calling card to let you know to watch out for these old men. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming. In their walk- we're real slow. <laughs> you know, but we're, we're coming. In our walkers. Um, And uh, I man, I just was on it with the goddamn small things. I said, I think uh, I wrote another tangent. Yeah, go ahead, man. So, how can you handle this next time? Can any preventative measures be done? No,
1: (laughs) no, I think there are. I well, practical ones. These three practical ones. I say
0: I say no, and then I go on to give to refute
1: myself. Three practical ones, though. Yes, go ahead. Exercise, sleep, and fuck a lot.
0: Okay, <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> damn, good luck on that one. They really didn't like the penis, buddy. <laughs> they just say, you God know, damn it, <laughs> you got to pay them to like the penis, and then uh, and then they only pretend to. There like was it, only the fifty penis. more dollars for the video. That's right, and it would have been a one. It would have been a three-minute-long video. Oh, Stevie. He's <laughs> <You laughs> got a big PV. <laughs> <laughs> can I have my $50? <laughs> yes. You're taking, can oh. I have it a repeat? <laughs> Just send it as a gift. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, so you're three. Oh, yeah. That was it? You got it. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, I got it?
0: Thanks. <laughs> so generally, no. I think the problem... <laughs> And the danger is the accumulation of all the small things. Cue the Blink-182. When big catastrophic things happen, there is a different way to combat this. And those things tend to take your life and you just have the one battle. Sometimes fighting Goliath is easier easier than fighting an army of toothpick-wielding midgets. It's when things start to get dark and bad. Often, in my experience, you are blinded by the light and you need the dark to snuff it out. So you can find yourself in the dark tunnel. When the light is just but a pinprick and you start your metaphorical journey towards it, that's when things start to get better. It's not rock bottom, but it's dark. Really just find what works for you. Be it getting away to nature to soak up the positive energy, have a drink with buddies, drop a heroic dose and fight the demons, or watch them just wash away. And I have a (laughs) wrap-up. Because that was the last question. Did you have a wrap-up, buddy? Car, uh, did you have any comment on what I said
1: you, the last question was do you think any good can come of this and the answer was no
0: no this was uh, how do you hope to handle this next time <laughs> Getting
1: any to <parameters laughs> be done and I just went on a completely different tangent did you ask how any good can come of this yes we talked about that oh, fuck. was it a good answer yes all right well that's what I close with
0: all right so then I wrote a little wrap up and I'll read it and then we're gonna actually just call cut So I wanted to wrap up by saying everyone is unique in this. We share many struggles and remedies for those struggles, but we all have our own chemistry and health we have to figure out for ourselves. I think the main commonality is that everyone struggles. Hell, existence is a struggle. You as an individual with conscious thought have to find what works for you. We can help and guide, but at the end of the day, you are personally responsible for your life and care. It's great to have a good support system, but you cannot be carried through life. We are all Atlas, and we all carry the burden of the world. Finding a safe and healthy way to get through the day will allow you to use that anguish for art. It allows us to create on deeper levels. Let's play some fucking magic. (laughs) Cut.